Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 130 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I am your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I am here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. I'm sad. I'm a sad man. Sad. Yes, it's a dark day. Uh, we will get into the news, but thank you for joining us for this episode. We'll be covering the events of week two, forecasting the events of week three, uh, and doing everything on our uh, weekly in-season schedule. If you have tuned in before, if not, uh, we will be doing some uh, getting breaking into some news, uh, doing some waiver wire talk. Uh, some uh, dog discussions, some assorted discussions we always like to have each week, and uh, then giving you some trade targets, uh, trade away targets, and some underdog starts of the week. So very excited to get into all of that. So Nate, without further ado, uh, we do have some dark news. Um, definitely, you know, no, not that it's news to any of y'all if you guys were watching the Monday night game and even before, but uh, but yes, uh, we can start at the top with uh, my personal favorite player. I'm sure he ranks pretty high on that list for you, Nick Chubb. Uh, Going to be out for the season, possibly the year. And yeah, I'll. What are your? What are your? I mean, obviously, what are your thoughts? Boo, sad, disgusting. But yeah, uh, you got anything to to add? <laughs> yeah, no. Details are still kind of coming in about the injury, um, whether it's like a partial dislocation of the knee or a full dislocation. But there's probably lig- ligament damage. We just don't know how much yet. Uh, it's the same knee that he had, you know, multiple ligament tears in um, in college, and it took him kind of two years to come back from that. Um, yeah, no, this sucks, man. Uh, Nick Chubb's one of my favorite all-time players. He is the quiet assassin. He just doesn't say anything. He just goes out and kicks everyone's ass every week. So even in this game, it was averaging over six yards a carry again. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. He was in line to have a career year this year. And, um, you know, it is a career-threatening injury. I mean, this could, you know, it, you know, it could be a Marcus um, – Lattimore type injury that uh, it just kind of hinders him the rest of his career. Uh, he's already come back from something severe like this before. So, you know, modern medicine, we've seen Brees come back in record time. We've kind of seen it with Achilles injuries lately. So uh, maybe, you know, that will allow him to come back and, you know, be his former self. But um, that's definitely in question. But he's certainly out for this year. And uh, that shit sucks, man. Um, yeah, and also just as a UGA fan, I'm so sick of this shit. I'm so sick of great UGA running backs having careers like cut short or hurt for knee and like Terrell Davis was a league MVP and Super Bowl MVP and three time All Pro rushed for 2,000 yards, and yeah, he had an ACL and MCL injury that did him in. No, Sean Marino had an ACL injury. Todd Gurley, we all know his arthritis in his knee cut a Hall of Fame career short, just like Terrell Davis. Um, even Sony Michelle, who was awesome in the playoffs, had a good rookie year. He had arthritis in his knee too. So it's just like these UJ backs keep having knee problems, and I'm I'm sick of watching it happen. So, um, yeah, that's that's my vent on the matter. But uh, if you have anything to add, let me know. If not, uh, we can continue with the rest of the injuries. Yeah, no. Um, at this point, we're just really hoping that he can heal up and get back on the field if that's what he chooses to do. I think you know, just based off of. Um, who he's how who he seems to be and all that he'll probably mm-hmm. want to get back, but we mm-hmm. can't always assume that. Sometimes you know guys are are willing to hang it up once uh you know they've had something that catastrophic. Uh, I think it'll have a lot to do with yeah the uh I don't want to say the logistics are the right word the specifics of the 
the injury and what ligaments are torn and how, you know, it might have looked really bad. And of course it was really bad, but it might mm -hmm. not uh, be as serious as, you know, injuries that don't look, uh, you know, maybe as violent uh, mm -hmm. visually. So uh, we're just going to have to see how it plays out, but yeah, yeah, I know we got some other news to get into. Uh, so I will let you keep carrying on my friend. Yeah. Just to put a point on that. Uh, if, if it's physically possible for him to come back to hundred uh, percent, Nick Chubb will do it. He will. Yeah. We, we saw with his earlier knee injury, but he attacks rehab harder than anyone I've ever seen. So um, yeah, I, I think Chubb will give it his all to come back for sure. Um, more injuries. Um, another running back, Saquon Barkley, he's going to be out for three weeks with an ankle sprain. Um, so yeah, it seems to be, you know, the definitive, um, marker that I think it was Rappaport that came out and said, but, uh, yeah, so uh, it sucks, but obviously we'll have a waiver wire implication with that later. Um, Brandon Ayuk, he is questionable with a shoulder injury. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I believe he's playing in the Thursday night game. So, um, yeah, you'll definitely want to, uh, keep an eye on whether he is startable or not. If not, get him out of your lineups, uh, so you don't burn the spot away. Um, another running back, uh, David Montgomery had a thigh injury, which sucks because he was looking really, really good in that week two game. Um, he is unlikely to play in week three, um, could be back in the next week, but, um, yeah, it's kind of uncertain with that. Uh, the coach said he was day to day. He, you know, Montgomery kind of said it could be a multi-week thing. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But, uh, I, I would definitely say he's going to be out for week three. Um, Devontae Adams is in concussion protocol, but good news, uh, he's likely to play after he and Jacoby Myers both practice on Wednesday. So it looks like they're progressing through concussion protocol and should uh, both be able to play. Um, uh, Anthony Richardson is also in concussion protocol. He uh, was not able to practice and he has yet to practice this week. So keep an eye on that. There's a very real chance that he might miss uh, the week three game. So um, yeah, Anthony Richardson, that one's one you're going to have to watch uh, till kind of game time. Um, Jalen Waddle, uh, kind of in the same situation as Richardson. He hasn't been able to practice yet this week, so that could be another game time decision or just flat out missing uh, week three. Um, Logan Thomas, also in concussion protocol. That's kind of a running theme this week, but his was after a bullshit hit. Anyone who saw it will agree uh, from Kareem Jackson, who's done this two weeks in a row now, so um, I'm hoping the league brings down the hammer on that guy. But, yeah, it, it was Logan Thomas caught the touchdown. It was clear. It was already the play was over. and He just took a cheap shot to the head. Um, but, honestly, he's been a, a favorite target of Sam Howell. And, um, yeah, he's uh, and it's uh, hopefully he can come back soon because he's been having a pretty good resurgent year. Um, moving on, uh, Sal McAhmed uh, suffered a groin injury. He is hopeful to come back in week four. But, um, you know, that kind of rules him out immediately for this week. Uh, but yeah, he he said he's hopeful to come back in week four. So hopefully it's just a one-week injury. And that is all I have. Do you have anything to add on the injury side? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I do have one other piece of news I can think of, but is that maybe something we're going to get on later later in the episode, perhaps? Uh, no, I was just saving that for after all the injury news. So it's okay, okay, okay. non-injury related. That was we do have a um, panic section, so I didn't know if this whole whirlwind of events maybe fit in. No, there, no, but... it would have been in the panic section, but recent yeah. events, I've kept <laughs> it enough. out by a whisker. 
yes uh, yes well, yeah. let's talk about mr cam Akers, a favorite of uh of yours throughout the entirety literally the entirety of this podcast yes ever since this man was in college i've been a fan of him and uh it's been a rough road for us cam Akers fans because uh it was a little bit of deja vu he was a healthy scratch for week two uh then the team said he's on the trade block and you know they're trying to move on and blah 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 um yeah it was it's like the same exact shit from last year so i say Someone online was like uh, the NFL or the writer's strike is hitting the NFL. They're reusing uh, storylines from last year. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, luckily it's not nearly as dragged out as last year uh, because he has pretty quickly been traded to the Vikings uh, for the equivalent of a soda and a fruit roll up. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, they uh, the Vikings give the Rams a sixth rounder in return for acres and a seventh. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very, very little, um, but uh, they needed a guy because, Alexander Madison has looked like doo-doo over the first two weeks, so they definitely need some perk in that room. Um, And I think, you know, it's probably the best situation for him to fall into because uh, Kevin O'Connell is the head coach and Wes Phillips is the offensive coordinator. Both of those were with the Rams when Cam Akers was drafted and, you know, when he was a rookie and actually, you know, performing before the injuries and stuff. Um, But, yeah, so I I think uh, given the, you know, there's not a whole lot of competition in that room and the fact that the coaching staff is already very familiar with him, that'll help him. But obviously not the way I wanted the season to go, uh, especially when Kyron Williams is putting up all the points he is. I mentioned, RB3. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned to you, it's like there's a universe out there where it's just all the success Kyron is having is happening to Cam, just like I predicted. And it's all going well for me <laughs> and I'm just gloating away. Uh, but no, I, I'm stuck in this. But uh, I, I'm happy that it, they at least split ways. Hopefully this can be like a thing when uh, golf was traded away. It's just you know best for both parties that the relationship just end. And they start anew. So, uh, so yeah, still still holding on to hope. But uh, the Cam Akers stock definitely took a hit with the uh, recent events. So, uh, what what are your reactions? Yeah, the news that he got traded to Minnesota broke uh, maybe three or four hours before uh, we started this podcast. So that definitely was able to put a somewhat positive spin. But yeah, him being declared inactive and all that stuff, and it was like two hours or sorry, uh, twenty minutes before kickoff. Oh, it fucked hours. me. It and, and, and so yes, like there were several. I actually played against two opponents that uh that had them in their lineup against me. Didn't get him out in time. So, uh, yeah, I you know it's uh it, it, obviously they don't have us in mind, us fantasy players in mind when they're making those decisions. But yeah, a little heads up would have been nice, uh, McVeigh. I don't know if they got an argument the night before or. You know what the behind the scenes thing, and you know when Vay was asking about it, he's like, "Oh, this has nothing to do with the events of last year." It's you know he said it's performance related, which to be fair, guy had just put up you know twenty one for twenty six, so yeah. but you know maybe that's a solid argument, but still it just doesn't really seem entirely yeah not uh, after truthful. what he did at the end of last year. Yeah, so you know who knows what really happened there. I do think the Vikings is one of the better situations he could have turned out for. So. uh you know, I think hope arises anew. Uh, just reflecting a little bit on that running back class, man. And this is why, if you want to know why running backs in Dynasty and elsewhere are getting, you know, devalued, let's look at this. What was it, 2020 running back class that was supposed to be so heralded and great? I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor, which to be fair, has performed pretty well for the most part, but um, obviously has these crazy issues going on with his team and his situation and is not playing and not useful for us in fantasy at the time being and we'll see how long that extends uh deandre swift who 
<laughs> Finally, it turned turned up for the Eagles uh, this past game, but uh, you know, it's had a had had a very ro- rocky road uh, to get there. Uh, you know, Cam Akers, obviously another rocky road situation. Hopefully, it can end up in in something uh, useful. Uh, J.K. Dobbins just might have you know had his yeah, career. This is all injury related. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's you know a lot of them. Most are, of Akers uh, is too, but right, right. You know, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 rough. And I know uh, all four of those guys that I just named were all drafted in the first round. Um, and yeah, they've pretty much all disappointed. Hey, Maybe hey, not hey, Taylor. Hey. You could argue his rookie year. You know, he performed well for you, but. Hey, um, and, right. and your boy Antonio Gibson was also in that draft class. Gibson, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was just bad all around. Luckily, you probably didn't spend a first on Gibson. He was more of a second-round pick. But, yeah, still bad. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a rocky path for those guys that were just drafted three years ago. But um, without further ado, we, uh, you know, let's let's keep it going here. Is there any more news uh, we need to get on? Definitely the Cam Akers situation. Something we'll have to monitor uh and yeah as you know it'll be interesting to see um you know if he'll still uh, maintain himself as a you know central point of this podcast uh in years going forward or if this is kind of the point where it's do or die time cam (laughs) yeah where maybe nate finally starts to let go but uh he does have have some hope here but uh all right any more any more news uh items or anything else that we didn't get into nate uh no, I think we can go ahead and uh I I mean there is some news. There was a a, a signing, but we will get to that in the waiver wire segment. So we can go and move on. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, waiver wires and the waiver wires, especially compared to last week, just weren't that strong to me. Um if you have somebody for quarterback, maybe in one quarterback leagues or in just 10 team leagues that maybe have some a couple of quarterbacks on the on the waiver wires, um, you can definitely throw out a name. I really didn't have any body of interest. I mean, I'll say that Joshua Dobbs had a good game, uh, but at the same time, I don't really want to pick him up because it feels temporary. And also, I don't know how many good games he's going to have. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you got any other names to add to that for quarterback or you want to move right into running backs? That is tank commander Dobbs to you, sir. Uh, he played his part perfectly. They got up and then they let the Giants come back and just nip them at the end. Um, yeah, no, I mean, just check. I, you know, I have seen that there are a surprising amount of leagues that still after week one didn't have uh, CJ Stroud rostered. Um, but after that week two performance, like he should definitely, if he's available, be your number one target because after two weeks, I mean, this is a guy still getting his feet wet as a rookie. He's QB 16 and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, almost through for 400 yards, uh, in the last game. So he's showing out and, uh, yeah, proven that, uh, especially in super flex leagues, he can be a QB two for you and, you know, could develop into a high end QB two by the end of the year. So, um, Stroud, if he's available, would be my number one target at quarterback. Um, and then I'll also mention your boy, Baker Mayfield, who, you know, as long as this streak continues, might as well ride it because two weeks in a row, he is he's done the deed. Uh, I'm loving it at the moment because I have a whole lot of Mike Evans shares and he they're just bawling out. I, I love this Mike Evans resurgence. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Baker can t- continue for my fantasy sake because I need it. Uh, but yeah, those were the only two names I had down. Do you have anything to add uh, on, on that? No, but I do think those are good deep names. If there are any quarterbacks available on your waiver wires, those are two names that could have been there. Um, 
Yeah, I, I like those. Um, so yeah, we can move on. Um, actually, both of those names will come up later. So yeah, I don't want to expand on them too much. Uh, but for running backs, um, obviously the big one here, uh, I'll go ahead and get right into it. With the Nick Chubb injury, Jerome Ford, even in this past game, really did show out. He showed out in in in, in past games. Uh, and uh, you know, it's interesting. Waivers have already ran, you know. Um I've seen people spend actually the most I spent, I think I needed a running back really bad in a league that I lost Chubb and I spent like uh, $71 on him, but big, big time fab, but somebody spent a hundred percent of their fab and other person spent 95%. So yeah, big time. And then of course, you know, hours later, Kareem hunt is signed. Um, that's an interesting case. And obviously Kareem hunts another name on here. He's a little bit further down my list, but you know, I already said his name so we can talk about both of them here, but, um, you know, I do think Jerome Ford is going to be the have the Chubb role, you know, and Kareem Hunt will have the Kareem Hunt role, which he's, you know, had on that team in the past. And it might be a little, uh, you know, I don't know. He tried out for like four teams and it seems like nobody wanted him. So that might tell me that maybe he's lost a, a little something compared to what we might think of Kareem Hunt in the past. Uh, could not be true, but that's kind of my expectation. And so I think Jerome Ford is the guy I want here in a very run heavy offense. Uh, and I think he'll be a top 20 running back. So, you know, however much you're willing to spend on a top 20 running back, however bad you need one, uh, if you need to go all in, definitely you probably did. But uh, the Kareem Hunt news doesn't really scare me off that much. I mean, Kareem Hunt might be startable on his own, but uh, I have my doubts about that. But, yeah, what are your thoughts about the, you know, Jerome Ford, uh, Kareem Hunt, just that that backfield situation? Uh, yeah, so I agree. Jerome Ford is my number one uh, target waiver wire target for running backs this week. Um, yeah, I a lot of people are kind of freaking out about the Kareem Hunt edition. I think Ford is still clearly the guy. Um, you know, even last year, Hunt definitely looked like he had lost a step. And uh, I mean, I was the guy that held on to him quite a bit. I had him in a best ball league. And the moment he got signed, I made a trade to ship him away for what I could get because, uh, yeah, I just I, I don't think he's going to be the RB one by any means. And Ford looked really, really good uh, when he took over for Chubb. I mean, he had over 100 yards on the ground on just 16 carries, also added like three or four catches through the air and a touchdown, a receiving touchdown. Also almost had a, um, a rushing touchdown on a big long run on a nice cutback move he made, but uh, got stopped just short of that. Um, so he was exhausted. And I think, uh, what was his name? Pierce strong came in and busted it in, but you know, he was, he was real close to having two touchdowns on the week and, uh, he was already, I think RB six, so he could have been even higher. So, um, yeah, Ford looked really good. This was a guy that, you know, he has the size, he's 210 pounds. I believe he's five foot 11, um, and ran a four, four, six at the combine. So he's got, you know, above average speed score. He's got above average athleticism. And, uh, I think he's going to be the, the back to own for the Browns going forward. And just to toot your horn a little bit, Nate, uh, you were pretty high on him coming out, you know, both as a prospect and then once he was drafted. I think he was still in maybe my top 12, but I do remember you being significantly higher. Um, I just, you know, oh, where's the pathway? How's he going to play with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there? Well, here we are two two years later, and here's his pathway. So definitely, you know, it was a guy you had to wait on, but – uh, you know, it looks like the talent is there. And, you know, if, if, uh, you know, when we're watching film, that's all we can see is the talent. We have no idea what the situation is going to turn out to be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, definitely I'll, I'll 
say good call on me there uh, for for you know being high on him because he does look like a legit running back, a legit NFL running back. But um, all right, well, uh, the second name that I would bring up, um, we kind of already touched on him, but uh, you know, Cam Akers was available in two leagues. People had dropped him, you know, because of all of the craziness of the week. Uh, he had been declared uh, inactive, and and you know maybe. If you picked up somebody, you know, maybe that was a, a rightful drop. But I do think that now at this point we know, you know, I do think uh, he has potential to still rise into maybe back-end RB2, uh, mm-hmm. you know, probably lower. But, you know, I think that's that's definitely still a worthy uh, add. Um, if, you, if you're desperate for a running back, you know, $35 or so, maybe a third of your budget. Um, is what I'd be looking at, but he is my would be my second uh, running back uh, priority. Um, do you got any disagreements there? Uh, no, not at all. Because as I mentioned, I think he can definitely rise to the RB one in that situation. And uh, this Vikings defense uh, that they've kind of gutted and planned for the future, um, they they can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, they were <laughs> their D line was getting absolutely caved in by the Eagles, so. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an offense that needs to put up a lot of points. And we've seen that already with Kirk Cousin putting up ridiculous numbers and there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunity. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, behind Ford Acres would be a, my next guy up. All right. Well, do you got anybody else to uh, to add to this list? I have one more name, but, you know, I've, I've gone first on the last two, so I'll, I'll let you have a, a running back here. If, if you got anybody else you want to add. Yeah, just he's still available in a lot of leagues. So I'll just repeat a guy I had last week, which is Gus Edwards. Um, he definitely was the more efficient of the two backs between him and Justice Hill, and he got a touchdown. So uh, it was pretty good for fantasy. I think, though, he'll continue to get more touches as the guy who's, you know, been getting the most out of when he does get the carries. So, um, yeah, and I think he'll continue to be the goal line guy. So um, Gus Edwards and then another guy that's fresh this week, uh, Zach Moss, honestly had a great performance. I know it was good against the Texans, but he played really well. He looks like he's 100% healed from that uh, fracture in his arm. And um, yeah, the only reason he's not higher is because you don't know what hap- what's going to happen. I mean, there's a chance that week five comes around. Jonathan Taylor comes back and plays and, you know, tries to knock out his games or he gets, you know, a a raise and, you know, plays the rest of the year. Um, So there's a very real chance that he just gets pushed back to obscurity. But uh, there's also the chance that JT gets traded or sits out a lot of the games. And Zach Moss is the guy to own for the Colts for the majority of the season. So uh, I think it's a worthy, um, you know, roll the roll of the dice to go after. And uh, yeah, so Zach Moss uh, makes the list for me. Yeah, no, Zach Moss is a is a good addition. Um, yeah, we don't know how temporary or permanent that's gonna be, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, no, if he wasn't picked up last week, uh definitely I would uh I would put him still after acres, but yeah, I'd probably put him third. Uh the only other name I have to add is Matt Breida, and this yep. is just like a spot a spot start deal. Um, you know, Saquon there was like, you know, Dayball was like, Hey, we're not even declaring him out for Thursday yet. Mm-hmm. Uh so, but he has now officially been declared out. So we know that Brita will at least get one game. It's against the 49ers. So uh, I don't know how bad you need to start from Brita, but hopefully at this point of your season, you haven't been that ravaged by injuries. That being said, it's entirely possible seeing as how many, uh, you know, these top guys have gone out. So uh, Brita would be my spot start, but not spinning very much. And obviously uh, he's a priority after all of these other guys we talked about, but um, you got any other names to add um, with uh, running backs? If not, uh, if you want to get into wide receivers, feel free. 
Yeah, just last two real quick. Uh, Kareem Hunt is still worthy of an ad, you know, especially in deeper leagues. Just, you know, Darby two in Cleveland if something happens to Ford or if Hunt does end up, you know, regaining some old form and being the guy. Uh, he is familiar with the offense, so it shouldn't take him long to catch on. So, um, you know, it's it's something that could happen. So he's he's worthy of a pickup. And then also just Craig Reynolds, uh, you know, David Montgomery is going to be out at least one week. So uh, when he was out in this last game, Reynolds kind of immediately took over his role as, you know, the go-to guy with, you know, short yardage situations, first and second down, uh, and as a pass blocker as well. So don't be surprised if he gets a whole lot of run uh, while Montgomery is out. So I think he's one to keep an eye on for another short-term uh, play. All right. Yeah, uh, I think those are worthy names to throw in. Uh, so I will move on to wide receivers here. Um, for me, the number one ad is a name that, uh, you know, we probably should have mentioned last week, but he's just slept on. Uh, he doesn't have a sexy name. Uh, you know, he does have a sexy nickname, uh, which is the Serpent of Death, as Dan, Dan Kevill calls him. But uh Josh Reynolds, I really think is a great pickup, uh, not only because he's gotten touchdowns both weeks that, you know, the first two weeks, but I'm on Ross St. Brown's like kind of naked up right now. It's, he's still going to play through it, but he'll probably be about like 75%. Uh, so I really think that they're going to lean on Josh Reynolds, at least until the time that, uh, you know, Jamison Williams is back. And even then, who knows if he's going to be game ready or, you know, what happens there. So uh, in one of the most explosive offense, I think this is a really slept on wide receiver, too, um, that has, you know, uh, performed as a very high end wide receiver, too, after the first two weeks of the season. So uh, definitely a worthy pickup here. I like Josh Reynolds a lot. Serpent uh, of death. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. He's uh, I, I like him all the way back from when he was with the Rams and he was with golf back in those days. So these two have a rapport from way back then. Um, he is currently the wide receiver 12 after the first two weeks. So literally in wide receiver one category. Um, yeah, like you said, I'm on Rosnicked up. Also, I don't think there's any guarantee that, you know, when Jameson Williams comes back that, you know, Reynolds is going to be you know, not used anymore. I mean, he already has that built-in connection with golf. Um, Williams really hasn't shown anything to this point, and it may take him some time to get going, especially since he had an injury as well that he wasn't able to rehab with the team while he's gone on suspension. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, – I think Reynolds, by the time Jameson Williams uh, comes back, is already going to have at least a, a decent-sized role built in for himself. So, um, yeah, but while Williams is out or if Amon Ra has to miss time, Reynolds is definitely gold and can be a legit wide receiver one for you on a given week. So, um, yeah, really good ad there. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I was able to get him in a couple of leagues. I think I spent like 11 or 12. He's still not super sought after, you know, and I think he's uh, he's somebody you can flex uh, probably on a weekly basis. Uh, so, um, and yeah, you know, I think the one thing that I will add to the Jameson Williams thing is, I feel like they are going to be competing for the same role. So, you know, they're both kind of that down the field target burner type guy that with a very high a dot, whereas, you know, Amon raw and uh, Laporte are going to be the, you know, more short area targets. Um, but um, not to say you can't have two deep targets, but I, you know, I do think it kind of is going to end up being one or the other. I'm not super confident that Josh Reynolds has the talent to hold out, you know, a, receiver that I think is as talented as Jameson Williams. But that being said, with all the extenuating circumstances, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, there, there could be a little bit of trickiness there. And, and, you know, he's, you mentioned, you think he'd carved out a role. I just think that 
Jameson Williams is going to be trying to take his exact role. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's the only thing I'll add there. Um, uh, well, if you want to get into your next receiver, feel free. Uh, yep. It's going to be Nico Collins for me. I know a guy that you're excited to hear because you've been a big supporter and true. Oh, he would be number one for sure. He's wide receiver six right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I I had him as my number one. I had Josh Reynolds was second. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nico Collins, he he was available in a lot of leagues still because I mean, he's not a name that everybody's super high on, on a team that people don't want to share of. And he was, uh, he was wide receiver 24 after the first week, which is great, but not, you know, he didn't blow the doors off to where everybody was chasing him on the waiver wire, but definitely after this week, uh, he should, because he was wide receiver five. Uh, he has 20 targets over the first two weeks. Uh, this last game, he had seven receptions for 146 yards and a touchdown. So he is underdog start of the week. He is definitely uh, benefiting from going from having Davis Mills as his quarterback to CJ Stroud, who is a boss. So yeah, I I think uh, he's in for a heavy workload. Um, And honestly, like so many of their wide receivers now have fantasy value. I mean, Robert Woods has been doing pretty well. Tank Dell. um, I think he's another guy that's a little further down this list for me on waiver wire ads, but he's been doing really well over the first two games. Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, the Texans' offense I think is a little bit uh, better than people thought. But Nico Collins uh, has kind of separated separated himself over the first two weeks. So, um, so yeah, he'd be my number one wide receiver waiver wire ad. Yeah, no, I, maybe he maybe he's just not in any of my waiver wires because uh, I picked him up last week and started him in in several several leagues. So yeah, I was you know very high on Nico. He was my underdog start of the week last week, so felt really good about how he performed and how that turned out. But yeah, no, Nico, big fan of Nico. Uh, my next name on the list would actually be uh, Tank Dell. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant, and we both have been very hesitant to kind of trust him. But look, man, in his second game. He's putting up almost 100 yards, or maybe it was over 100 yards. Uh, you know, he's he's being very relied on. And, you know, obviously, C.J. Stroud wanted him specifically um, to, you know, join their team. He told the team to draft him in the third round, which we thought was crazy. But he had seven receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. So if you're doing that, you know, his first game, he had three receptions for 34 yards. So if you're doing that right away in the NFL – I know you're small, but, and yeah, maybe you'll get hit and injured or whatever, but I do think he's worth adding. And I think that him and uh, CJ are are building a serious report and outside of the size, I mean, prolific production. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that he's a great receiver. The only thing was, Oh, is he going to be too small to like be a factor on an NFL field? I think he's already dispelled me personally of that, of that. And uh, you'll have a couple of uh, dynasty rosters where, I'm debating on, you know, bumping him up off my taxi squad at this point cuz you know, might might have to start putting him in some lineups. So, uh, you know, obviously that's dynasty but even in redraft I think he's available widely available and definitely uh is a very good pickup and as much as I love Nico Collins, who knows, maybe Tang Dell is the guy that we want by the end of the year. Uh, you know, so I think that um that, that he's definitely For worth John Petchy. Yeah, hopefully Mechie can can you know Mechie finally came back and had his first game back and yep. you know didn't didn't play too much but obviously you wouldn't expect it with him just coming back so he'll be another factor that CJ Stroud will have in his you know what looked like a ragtag bunch of receivers that's suddenly looking a little bit sexy now so uh, so yeah I'm 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 excited for that but um, all right Nate uh, I'll let you you kind of already touched on him uh, yeah, I mentioned Take Dell but if you have any thoughts to add feel free if not get into your next guy. 
Yeah, no, this one, uh, not not as deep as running backs for as far as waiver wire ads. I do think Jaden Reed is available in a lot of leagues, and he showed a lot of good things in that game against the Falcons, um, especially if Watson continues to miss time or if Dubs or Dobbs uh, is continued to be banged up. Um, you know, it looks like they're trying to get Reed involved early. So uh, he, he's worth, uh, you know, grabbing stash. I wouldn't start him right now, but he may earn his way into, you know, a flex role or even better. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, a worthy name to add. Uh, the one name I had above him was another guy that's probably too small, but uh, it's too too Atwell. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, he's been going off and, you know, he, he uh, might have already been picked up at this point. He had a pretty decent week one, but I think a lot of people weren't ready to really trust in and believe in it. And it looks like after week two, he is something you can kind of trust in. So uh, Tutu would be my uh, second very small guy that uh, has defied expectations. And we're starting to see that a lot more in the NFL. I think that's something we should take note of, Nate. Like, I know that uh, we both have a tendency to, you know, knock for size. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm probably a little bit more forgiving with running backs, actually. But I think with than, than compared to you, but mm. uh, but with receivers, uh, you know, I do I do kind of tend to stray away from the small guys. And I think we are going to have to adjust our expectation. And there's certain outliers. I was high on Devonte Smith and but even Zay Flowers this year. You know, I kind of faded him because I thought he was just another like small you know, Ziggy slot guy, which he is, but he's doing that very effectively right away. So, uh, you know, I think that, that that's a trend we need to take note of. Yeah, I agree. I was going to mention that as well. That uh, I mean, it's only been two games, and the knock on these guys is, are they going to last? So, you know, the, the jury's still out on their biggest weakness, but uh, they're getting involved early. And uh, the NFL has definitely made the rules to where they're not getting hit blindly over the middle anymore. It's not, you know, the defense can't really do as much as before. So it makes it a little bit easier on these, on these smaller guys. So um, yeah, that definitely is something to note of. I still, you know, running backs, I still definitely, you know, have a, I, I begrudge any small running back, but, uh, but yeah, wide receiver is definitely, I'm a little more open to a smaller guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kyron, if he continues on his pace, uh, we're going to, you know, have to evaluate everything because obviously he, you know, tested slow and small. So, you know, he broke your uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, spectrum here. But uh, oh, oh, Clyde uh, had several good games, too. (laughs) Wow. That was another running back from that class that we didn't even mention. And he was drafted at the top of it. We all know we all know he was a bust. And look, I mean, JT, obviously, the guy had. 2000 yards in a season i mean he was i believe the offensive player of the year that year so yeah he's definitely paid dividends for where he was taken but yeah the others uh through injury or just underperforming have under well been bad i know and i think my counter to jt and it's to by no fault of his own is like obviously last year wasn't what we wanted um you know both while he was on the field and you know because of injury and because of just team circumstance um and he's almost through his rookie contract now and and you know we only got really one year of he so had over 1400 the, yards as a rookie all i'm saying is that when you take a guy at a 101 in a dynasty draft you're hoping for more than one year of production and now the, and i'm not of course he'll have more than one year going going down their line but i'm just saying we're we're you know getting towards the end of his, of his rookie contract and it's so i think it's clear that you know jamar wait was jamar in that class yeah yeah, Jamar, uh, you know, not Pitts, uh, you know, uh, 
Trevor Lawrence, you know, any of those guys, you know, we, we definitely would have taken would, would have taken over him now retroactively. So, but you know, that that, that being said, I it's just running backs in general. This isn't necessarily a, a knock on uh on JT. It's just he's in this stupid contract situation and it's fucked up, you know, our fantasy. <laughs> so yeah, and um, I mean, look, he is and last to- year did suck. Last year did suck. But he, last year he still had over a thousand yards. So his his worst year he still had over a thousand yards playing through injury and only had eleven games. As a rookie he had damn near fifteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns, which is fantastic for any rookie running back. Like there's no way you can be disappointed with that. And then we all know what he did as a sophomore. He had almost twenty two hundred yards and twenty touchdowns, which was easily the RB one. So. Yeah, no, I, I think recency bias is making people doubt how good Jonathan Taylor has been so far, even through just three years. That's fair. And I said one season. He did have two two seasons of of elite production. And actually, his second season was better than his. So, yeah, his second season was the one that we really, uh, you know, would ride home about. Uh, so, that yeah, no, that that's a, that's a good point. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, last year he had, you know, he had eight. 861 yards so so he d- he didn't have a thousand yards but no it would go um, combined yardage he had oh, a combined yardage okay i see i see i'm just saying for, on a fantasy basis he was a tough start he didn't really you know have very many games that helps but anyways we're bogged down on this we're spending way too much time on jonathan taylor but i do think he's a disappointing one-on-one pick but in that class, he's the only one that's not like completely written off at this point. Maybe Swift is revitalizing himself a little bit, but uh, let's move on. Uh, one more wide receiver. Wow, that was quite the tangent. <laughs> uh, one more wide receiver uh, I got is uh, Devontae Parker. Um, you know, it looked like, you know, obviously Kendrick Bourne was the big uh, waiver wire pickup in week one. Um, it looks like Devontae Parker was more targeted in week two. Obviously, he didn't play in week one. Um, I don't really know how that's going to turn out, but I do think that him and Kendrick will probably be, you know, we, a lot of people, including myself thought that Juju would be the guy and maybe it'll turn out that way. But I, I you know, I do think that Devonte and, and, uh, Bourne, you know, Bourne's more the down the field. It's a long touchdown guy and Devonte will be more of a, you know, a possession receiver, just like he's always been that, you know, can get you six to seven catches. So, um, I do think he's a, a worthy uh, target has some problems with injury and is getting a little long in the tooth, but looked pretty good for, for his first week back last week. Uh, yeah, I agree. He's worth an ad. I still think Bourne will have a, a bounce back to that, but, um, I, I, I think we'll, we'll get into it later, but we'll, we'll, uh, I, I'll explain their split in the offense a little bit later, but uh, okay. yeah, yeah, unless yeah, you no, have we, a wide receiver to add, uh, we can get to tight ends. Yep. Yep. And I don't really have any tight ends. I mean, Hunter Henry was still available in a couple of leagues. We mm-hmm. talked about him last week, so I don't really have any more analysis except, you know, Mac Jones, love him, loves him, targets him and gets some touchdowns. So mm-hmm. uh, you got any other names to add besides Hunter Henry? Yeah. I think he's tight in two right now. He's actually. tight in two on the year so far. So yeah, huge. Um, yeah, also Sam Laporta was available in a lot of leagues still. I was able to get him in a 10-team uh, redraft league. Um, this is the tight end five. He is a rookie, folks, and he is the tight end five through two weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, just a little bit deeper if, you know, you um, if these guys have already been taken. Uh, Logan Thomas, he is in concussion protocol right now. I mentioned after that bullshit hit. 
but he is tight end 10 on the year so far, and he has been a favorite target of Sam Howell, who honestly has looked very good uh, over the first two weeks, so especially this last week. He's definitely settling in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas has been consistent. Week one, he was tight end 11. This last week, he was tight end 10, even though he only played 40% of snaps because he was knocked out of the game. So, um, yeah, he's kind of having a resurgent year, and uh, I he was a guy that I was kind of vocalizing that I thought that could happen, and I'm glad to see it happen because he deserves it. And uh, he's a good uh, deep waiver wire ad at uh, tight end this week. Yeah, and, you know, I don't even know if it has to be that deep of a league just because I did actually – I'm glad you mentioned it because I just added him as a tight end too. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, have pits, and I didn't have a tight end two on that team, and there wasn't, you know, much there, but I felt like, you know, in case this pits thing doesn't you work out – have a tight end two if you're going to uh, have pits. <laughs> yeah, so uh, – so, yeah, I uh, went and snagged him as my tight end, too. And I think he's a great tight end, too, even if you got to wait on him for this, you know, concussion stuff. If you have, uh, you know, a tight end, you can start in the meantime and, and play the matchup game with him. I think he's a perfect tight end for that. So a uh, great name to add. I didn't have him on the list. So glad you mentioned him. Well, in order to pick up these guys, we got to drop some other guys. So here's some of the most dropped guys on the week and whether or not we would uh, drop them for the targets we mentioned. Um, for the running backs, let's just kind of take out Jerome Ford because I think we'd agree that any of the guys on this list we would drop for Jerome Ford. It's just a matter of either A, if we have the number one waiver priority, or B, if we're willing to spend as much fab as we need to to win that bid. But uh, but aside from Jerome Ford, uh, with the other names you mentioned, with Cam Akers, Matt Breida, Kareem Hunt, um, Maybe there's one of the name we mentioned. Uh, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. Are you holding on? You think that the Patriots dual running back system will, you know, end up showing dividends for him? Or would you rather have, uh, you know, the the list of other guys we had at running back? Yeah, I mean, if it's between like Zeke and Akers or that, you know, I'm definitely taking Akers and stuff. But uh, some of the lower names on the list, like, you know, honestly, kind of like from Breda down, you know, Hunt, Reynolds, all those guys that are like short term or backups. I'd still rather have Zeke just because it's not like, you know, Ramondre has been super efficient getting all this yardage and Zeke just comes in looking like a snail. It's just, you know, the Patriots have had some injuries on the offensive line and they haven't been getting any lanes open for either guy right now. So I definitely don't expect that to last. Historically, the Patriots are pretty good at running the ball and playing really good defense. So uh, the offensive line should get healthier and those guys become more effective. So Zeke is still getting a decent bit of work. Um, definitely getting short yardage work and should start seeing some, you know, some touchdowns for him at the goal line. So, yeah, I'm not dropping them for uh, these lower tier guys yet. Uh, I still think um, you know, Zeke and Ramon are going to see uh, their their best is yet to come. Yeah, honestly, I think at this point it's I mean, it's kind of an upside versus safety play. But, um, you know, if I didn't have a a, a running back you know, three um, that I felt really confident in. I'd probably rather stay safe with Zeke than go Cam Akers at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that could end up, uh, you know, biting me in the ass or it could end up saving me from disaster. So, uh, you know, I think that I'd probably stick with Zeke. Um, and I agree with all the points you made uh, in his favor. Um, just still not quite as high on, on Akers as you, but I do think that the upside is definitely in, in Akers court. Um, Tank Bigsby is the next name on this list and he didn't get any touches in this last game. So I mentioned the fumble he had in a costly uh, time in game one. 
Um, and, uh, you know, didn't, you still got the ball a pretty good bit. Wasn't expecting him to not get any work, but, uh, do you expect that to, you know, was that just a one game you're in trouble thing or who did they have run in this place? I guess Jermichael Hasty is the other guy they have on the roster. Uh, I'm honestly wow. about to go look up the box score. Cause I know it was a bad day for ETN too. And it was just like a weird low scoring affair between them and the chiefs as well. So um, what you would think would be more rush heavy, you know, but, but yeah, yeah both quarterbacks were just going out there and sucking. This is really what was well, happening. Most of the game, if you're not having extended drives, then, uh, you know, you're not like resting one back and bringing in the other. It's just, Oh, this back is out here for three downs. And then we're about to play. Right, right. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out actually, but, uh, that, uh, you know, it's definitely disappointing that he didn't get any touches. I don't expect that to continue, but, uh, yeah, he, he definitely needs to hold on to the football cause that's something NFL coaches, uh, harp on. Well, and I, I'm assuming, you know, obviously Ford acres and, you know, but we'll, for me, like hunt is the next guy on my list. <sighs> I'd probably hang on to Tank Bigsby still. I mean, you know, yeah. but but definitely with the other guys, I think Tank is a, is a drop for me there. Um, well, what about Samaj P. Ryan? You know, everybody was fading, uh, and not to say that you know the rushing game in general hasn't been great for the, for the Ooh. Broncos, but everybody was fading. Um, you know, Jamonte Williams because Samaj P. Ryan was actually the secret RB one, and I think that that. that at this point we can safely say that's not going to be the case um so are you holding on to p ryan for any of these guys or would you you know if i needed a start i'd definitely i would drop p ryan for for matt Breida. i mean i think you know for me this is the most clear drop uh but that also might be colored by my my love of javante but yeah i mean it's not like javante has been setting the world on fire and actually you know samaje was rb 21 in week one so you know that's that's definitely playable um you know being an rb2 and all but yeah, if I need a spot start, I would definitely drop him for, you know, Breda if need be. But if not, I would feel more comfortable stashing him away. He's definitely more valuable in PPR. Uh, you know, he's on an offense that they're going to have to put up points because their defense looks really shitty right now. Um, Javante hasn't, you know, shown that he can dominate all the touches yet or anything like that. Um, and they have a slate of really good games coming up. It's Miami, Chicago, and the Jets, who are all really good matchups for the running backs. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to, you know, ride him out over this stretch here. Yeah, fair enough. And I didn't need to, st- if it was, uh, stash over a start i would definitely keep him over brita but um all right well a couple of other uh, uh receivers here we got odell beckham i know for you this is a drop because you've been you know saying you can't stand him i mean to be fair i think dropping him might be a little early if you did once believe in him just because you know he got an ankle injury it's not like he you know it's just not on the field didn't perform didn't get anything because he you know he got an he got a catch and then got uh, an ankle injury on it so um i don't think it's serious um if you don't have ir and even so he's probably questionable so you probably can't put him on the ir anyways um you know i can understand some situations where you need to drop him but i you know uh for reynolds i drop him but even a guy like you know Devonte parker tutu atwell I feel like it's kind of a lateral move. Maybe there's more upside in a guy like Tutu, but, you know, I think, you know, sticking out with Odell and seeing if this Lamar connection works out, that offense is still, you know, working itself out. Um, I'd have a little bit of patience, but Nate, I'm assuming it's a drop for you. Yeah, you should. I would drop him for any of the guys we mentioned in the wide receiver segment, but I mentioned he shouldn't have been drafted. He was my bust pick. And, uh, yeah, I mean, even when he was healthy in week one, he was wide receiver 68 with less than six points. 
Um, and then he had less than six points again this week before he went out with injury. Uh, that's with Mark Andrews being out as well. So, and Zay Flowers is clearly the number one wide receiver there. So he's, you know, at best Odell Beckham is the third target in a Lamar Jackson passing offense. And Lamar isn't exactly known for high passing volume. So yeah, no, there's no reason. I don't see much upside with him or, and I'm not, you know, comfortable with his floor either. So, uh, drop him. Fair enough. Um, all yeah, right. Tutu and... Atwell is like the wide receiver 16 on the year so far. I fuck, fuck yeah, I'm dropping him for Tutu. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Maybe for Tutu. Devontae, I do think, I'd say that's more of the lateral move, I guess, in my mind. But um, both kind of older guys and low pass volume offenses. But um, all right, although I wouldn't say that the Patriots have been as low pass volume. They've yeah. been down, kind of had game script stuff going on. But anyways, Quentin Johnston uh, in redraft. Um, he hasn't gotten on the field. He did have the first catch of the game in week two and then, you know, wasn't heard from again. I think he got one other target, but I don't think it uh, resulted in a catch. Here's the thing about why I don't want to drop him is because this is what happens with a lot of rookie wide receivers. You know, they aren't on the field for the first couple of weeks and then they, you know, break out a couple of weeks later. I understand there's situations where, you know, you got to drop him for some of these other guys. Um, but I'd like to be able to stash QJ. I mean, obviously uh, a Josh Reynolds, uh, but even for me, and I know Nate's not agreeing with this, but even for me, like a two-two out well, um, and a Tank Dell, these smaller guys, I think I do, you know, trust a Quentin Johnson a little bit more to show out through the year. Now, if I'm zero and two and I need to start two-two out well or somebody because I don't have any good receivers or whatever it may be, that might be what I have to do. But uh, but I definitely think QJ's, uh, you know. After two weeks, you know, we used to have the idea of a third year breakout for receivers. And of course, that's completely gone. But I do think we still need to give them longer than two weeks uh, in their first season. But, uh, you know, he's still involved. He's on the field. But definitely we're going to need to see those targets tick up um, or we he will be a clear drop for me. Yeah, I, I do think this is one you can drop for most of these guys. Um, he's, you know, surprisingly and unfortunately for him, his snap uh share and his target share went down uh this from week one to week two so he got even less work um yeah i you know he's behind josh palmer on the depth chart as well so you know if any of the you know keenan allen or mike williams miss time it's probably palmer that's going to be the immediate successor but uh you know he's a first round wide receiver and you know he's a six four dude he can make a lot of happen with the ball in his hand so there's definitely the upside that he could catch fire later on in the year and um so i definitely get the urge to stash but there's been a lot of reports that he struggled and that's why he's buried on the depth chart you know especially with drops which he had issues with in college uh and he was real kind of hit and miss in games in college as well so they're probably looking for a little more consistency and that's why we're they're going with known products like Josh Palmer so um yeah, you know, if you're trying to win games now and, uh, you know, you, the, the regular season for fantasy is only 14 weeks. So you got to try to get in the playoffs while you can. So I think that's why you got to chase the wins uh, and yeah. pick up some of these guys. Yeah, and that's a fair argument. You know, I think um, and I'm not saying he's Justin Jefferson. They're two very different, you know, but Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson was completely unusable for the first three weeks of his uh, season and was widely dropped. And so, you know, just keep that in mind. That's kind of where my mind is when I'm thinking, you know, let's give it a couple of weeks for these guys. And, you know, even a guy like, uh, well, am I going to talk about him at all? No, I don't think I'm even a guy like, you know, oh, well, we're going to talk about a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's just move on. Let's move on to our dog discussions here. And, um, 
yeah, we got some good topics for you today. Uh, we're going to start out with the panic button and we're going to talk about a couple of players that we um, are in on or invested in our teams that we're starting to panic about. Uh, uh, you know, there's varying levels of panic. Some of these guys, it's like, oh, fuck, what have I done? And then some of these guys, it's more, you know, starting to get a little bit worried, especially if I drafted them a little high. But um, I will start that out. Actually, Nate, why don't you start it out? And uh, I don't know if you have the levels of panic or whatever, but maybe we can increase in 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 the level. So maybe the guy that you're you're least panicking about, but still have some issues, uh, some worries about right now. All right. Well, in that case, I'll mention uh, Mr. Khalil Herbert um, because it hasn't been horrible performances or anything, and he's still been efficient with his touches and whatnot. Uh, I believe in week one, he was actually still RB 25. So nothing horrendous. Uh, this last week he was RB 35. So still an RB three, but yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I, I took him as, you know, kind of, um, uh, late RB two and was hoping for some upside at that point. But so far the bears offense has just been an absolute shit show. He hasn't had any scoring opportunities really. Um, and it's been, you know, a very heavy rotation with all their backs. So, yeah, I still think it can come around. He's been the most effective of them, and you know, I expect them to kind of lean more into the running game because they're going to have to. It's the only thing that they've been good at. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely something where I, I'm not a full blown panic mode yet. But uh, it's you know, I'm just thinking about the other guys I could have had at that spot, specifically my boy Brian Robinson, who I, who I've been championing for years. Um, you know, he, he just came off finishing as the RB one on the week. So the fact that I could have had guys like that in that area or even a little bit later is, uh, what kind of bums me out at that point. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair enough. And, um, yeah, it looks like Roshan is starting to get a little bit more tread. Um, the good news is Foreman is a non-factor. So even if mm -hmm. Roshan does work his way in, I think it'll still be a two back, uh, backfield, um, yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, Khalil Herbert can still, uh, you know, be the one in that. But I do think that, uh, you know, it's looking a little less uh, bright than it was a couple of weeks ago for him. Um, well, name that I will uh, put on here, and it's just because this summer, especially in Dynasty, I drafted. I had him as my Dynasty wide receiver one. And, uh, you know, at least this year, you know, I drafted him in redraft league uh, in the first round. Um, but it's like Jamar Chase. And I think you mentioned this, too. It's not nothing to do with him. It's everything to do with Joe Burrow has this nagging injury. We don't know how long it's going to be. And if Joe Burrow's not throwing Jamar Chase the ball, he's not the dynasty wide receiver one. He's not the redraft wide receiver two or three. You know, he's definitely a little bit further down that list, especially sharing the role with, with T Higgins. Uh, if that's what's happening with a lesser quarterback, or even if it's Joe Burrow, playing as a lesser quarterback because of the injury. So um, a little bit worried about him. It's my lowest level of panic. I, you know, for Dynasty, I'm still not too sad, but I will say I think at this point, I just like I've consistently leaned Chase over Jefferson, and I think I just wish I would have just stuck with Jefferson this, this whole time because uh, he just produces no matter what. And to be fair, he's had the same quarterback, and his quarterback isn't injured. So, you know, if that happened, I'd be equally panicked about him. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh, I am sad that I, I took Jamar Chase in those two or three uh, leagues over a guy like uh, – and I think in one league it wasn't necessarily over Justin Jefferson, but I know in two of them it was. So, um, but, uh, but, yeah, need him to start performing like a top five receiver where we drafted him or else that's going to feel like a bad draft pick and redraft and in dynasty leagues that are trying to compete this year. 
Yeah, maybe, you know, with the competing this year clause in there, I wouldn't feel bad about your actual dynasty rankings or anything like that. You know, this Burrow thing shouldn't be a long-term injury, and, you know, it doesn't change how I feel about Chase long-term at all. So, um, yeah, and right now, I mean, Kirk Cousins is the QB1 on the season so far. He's been, you know, producing at an elite level. So it's they're kind of quarterbacks on the opposite end of the spectrum at the moment. So, um, right. But, uh, but, but definitely yeah. for redraft. I mean, definitely for oh, yeah, redraft. No, dude, yeah, he's yeah. for redraft. It's definitely been a disappointment. I mean, I took him number five overall, and you know, because I was trying to be hip and with the times and wait to take running backs. And I'm so wishing I'd just taken Bijan instead. It's, it's, yeah, it's eating away at me. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, Chase, I'm also nervous about, but hopefully they can get it together over there. Um, yeah. and look, well, it can happen. I mean, look, T. Higgins just had a monster day as well, so it can just as easily, you know, be Jamar Chase getting that the next week. So, uh, you know, even with the hobbled uh, Burrow, it can still happen. But, um, well, yeah, uh, I, I only had two guys in the segment, but the guy that I'm more worried about than Herbert is definitely uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, this is a, a multiple factors going into this. Obviously, the, the biggest one being Aaron Rodgers going down. That really hurts this offense this offense's ability to uh, score points and produce yardage and uh, yeah. And just, you know, get first downs and extend drives. So yeah, it's a, it's a bummer for cook. Also, they haven't been able to open up a whole lot of running lanes. I mean, uh, Brees Hall only had four carries for nine yards this last game. Um, So yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's hurting both of them, but uh, yeah, you know, this whole Jets offense offense is kind of in disarray, but I mean, I thought Cook could be, you know, like a low end RB2 or high end RB3, uh, but so far he hasn't produced anything close to that. So hopefully better times are ahead, but uh, I am very nervous about Mr. Dalvin. Yep, I think that's rightfully so. And hey, I'm nervous about Brees, and I feel better. You know, I'd feel better about Brees than I did Dalvin. So, yeah, yeah uh, it's uh, I definitely uh, understand your uh, panic button there. Um, for me, it is going to be Mr. Justin Fields. This is a moderate level of panic. I'm not selling all my shares, especially in Dynasty, but. It's just okay. So you know, we kind of there's just been so much happening with the Bears t- today. Um, so their defensive coordinator. This doesn't necessarily directly affect Fields, but I mean, just to paint the full picture here, their defensive coordinator today resigned in the middle of the season, which almost never happens. He says it has to do with health and family. Uh, there are some more notorious rumors going about, but you know, you can look into those if you'd like. Because as of right now, there's still rumors. Uh, as to why he resigned, but, um, you know, it's, uh, terrible storyline there. Um, you also have Justin Fields come out today and basically in the middle of line of questioning from reporters essentially said, you know, doesn't feel like he's able to play freely and feels like he's having to process too much. And they ask him, well, why is he having to do that? And he said, basically because of coaching and, you know, I don't disagree with him. I think he's right. I just think it's not a great move with your, I mean, the the franchise hasn't done right by him to be fair. So I don't blame him for, you know, but also during the whole thing, it didn't seem like a thing. He was trying to be snarky. He was dejected. Like the whole, the whole interview, he just seemed really disappointed. And, and uh, you know, they're asking him why he's playing so bad. And he's trying to answer questions, trying to like, you know, answer, tell these reporters why he's playing bad. And, um, you know, it's just a lot to worry about. I still think in, in fantasy, especially this year in redraft, I'm less worried about him just cause I think hopefully the, here's the other thing. 
poor design runs for him all year. Like the play calling has been terrible. To be fair, he hasn't played very well either. But I mean, the 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 Bears are probably among the most disappointing teams, if not the most disappointing team through two two weeks. Certainly, it's a young season and they can turn it around. But um, I do have a lot of shares of of Fields. You know, Nate has kind of mentioned he feels like in the future. You know, Fields won't be with the Bears next year, um, if, especially if they keep losing all these games. I kind of hope that is what how it ends up because I don't want him to be with the Bears. It looks like this is not, especially specifically with this coaching staff. Luke Getzey looks like he's not, you know, legit. Um, you know, Uberflus is supposed to be a defensive coach, and their defense is among the last in the league this year. So it's just, you know, what's going on here. But uh, you know, if he went to the Falcons, if he went to the uh, the Titans, you know, I think these would be better situations for him. So, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to write it out. I mean, if I can get him, I think right now I just have to trade him for so low that it's not what I think, you know, I don't think now's the right time to trade him, but I am really starting to worry about old fields and, uh, I need him to start looking, looking better here soon, at least start breaking off some rushes. So at least I can, I can justify, uh, being so in on him. Uh, yeah, I, uh, honestly, he's for redraft purposes, he's playing even worse than I thought he would. I mean, I've been a bit lower on him, but obviously that's more in dynasty and redraft. I had him at, uh, uh, running or running back kind of like a running back, uh, quarterback 10, uh, so far he is quarterback 21, uh, in six point passing league. So yeah, it, it's been a rough go for fields. Um, you know, I, I, you know, this has been my opinion separate from anything you've said, you know, this we've talked about it many times. Um, I personally think fields is just not good uh, as a passer, uh, especially as a passer. He does not process well uh, in college. The biggest thing I knocked him for is he didn't anticipate throws. He has to see his guy open before he, he releases the ball. Um, I think one thing he's getting frustrated by is they're asking him to sit in the pocket and go through multiple reads and distribute the ball to the correct guy. And he's just not good at it. I mean, we've seen there was a whole bunch of all 22 cutups that came out this week about just him missing multiple open targets on even one play and then just running forward and taking a needless sack. Um, which is another thing he does. I mean, he, uh, I, I saw this crazy stat. This was after week one. So I'm sure it's gotten worse now. But uh, in uh, his 28 career games, not just his starts, but career games in general, uh, Fields has uh, taken uh, so many sacks. He has lost 650 yards on 28 career games. Uh, Comparatively, Lamar Jackson has lost 655 yards in 71 career games. So just to put that in perspective, it's not just because he's a rushing quarterback. And I mean, Lamar doesn't lose anywhere near the kind of yardage that Fields does on sacks. And it's because Fields holds on to the ball so long. And there's a huge stat about that. He has way more sacks of four plus seconds or more because he's holding on to the ball so long. So all that to say, I think he can bounce back and redraft. uh, But for dynasty purposes, I think there's a very good chance he's not a starting quarterback next year. So um, I would try to get out while he can. And uh, that's just my my two cents on the matter. Yeah, I don't know if I see that that happening, but it'll be something for us to keep an eye on and see how this story progresses. Because, you know, things can change on the flip of a dime and things can get a lot worse very quickly in that. And it looks like that could be where that uh, not necessarily just fields, but that organization as a whole could be heading 
or things can look a lot better. You know, they can get a win. Oh, they're playing the Chiefs this week, so they can get a win in week four. And all of a sudden, <laughs> things look a little bit better. But yeah, I definitely think uh, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm I'm very concerned. And it, the Bears have never been able to, you know, really produce a franchise quarterback. So it's like uh, it's just kind of a continuation of that curse here. Well, but yeah, I was gonna say real quick, what also led me to say that is because the Bears are zero two, so they could end up having a very high draft pick. They also have the Panthers' first over, first round pick, and they're zero two, so that could end up being very high. And it's a very quarterback rich class. So uh, if he is a starter next year, I don't think it's going to be with the Bears because they've already. I mean, you know, first it was Matt Nagy's the problem, so they got rid of Matt Nagy, brought in Eberflus. Then it was you know, he doesn't have a good receiver, so they got DJ Moore. Um, and now it's, you know, people wanting to fire this coach, which I'm not saying he refuses has been great, but um, yeah, I just think Fields has been given multiple opportunities. He's played 27 career games so far. And um, yeah, if it doesn't get better this season, I do not think he's starting for the Bears next year, which may be a good thing, but it depends on kind of where he goes from there. Yeah. Now we'll have to see how it progresses and what the ownership decides to do um, and how bad it gets. But uh, yep. definitely starting to panic. But uh, let's move mm. on to our next section here. Yep. So talk about some rookies, some rookie reviews. Only two weeks. We'll definitely do a you know revisit of this later on in the season. But just talk about some guys that have uh, showed us something that we're excited about uh, starting out. Um, you know, this list could get pretty long if we just talk about anybody that's like done any play. Mm-hmm. So let's you know we'll we'll try to keep it to the guys that uh, you know we can really say some things about, but there is definitely uh, some quarterbacks and I'd say the big three quarterbacks that we can, you know, say some things about and give our thoughts on. And I think number one would be probably as a podcast, our biggest flag plant in the um, season in the, in the, in the off season in the, in the rookie dynasty season was that, you know, CJ Stroud was our quarterback one. And we both agreed on that. It's rare that we both agree on quarterbacks, Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played like it, man. He's looked so good. Um, I mean, you know, Nate kind of touched on it earlier, but, uh, through for what, what was the yardage? Was it 400? Uh, it wasn't quite 400. It was or 380 or something. 384 yards. Right. With so yeah, two touchdowns all- and no interceptions. Hasn't thrown an interception yet yep. playing for one of the, you know, dumpster fire of a teams that nobody And look, he hasn't won a game, but I don't think anybody's expected him to win against yep. either of these teams. And he's looked, you know, better than either of the other two and, and better than most rookies that I ever seen come in right away, especially on a team that's that bad. I mean, yeah. let's fast or not fast forward. Let's rewind to Joe Burrow's rookie season. That was bad. It wasn't good. It was ugly. Let's mm. rewind to Tre- Trevor Lawrence's rookie season. Mm. And, you know, keep in mind, especially in Trevor Lawrence's rookie season, you know, we there's we know the reason was Urban Meyer, or at least a big part of it. But that being said, I mean, the fact that he looks this good right away, I mean, I really feel justified at least through two weeks. I mean, it could, you know, just dissolve into nothing, but it felt pretty justified us having him as our quarterback one and, uh, yeah, I mean, I already put up a 22-point game last week in his second game in, in fantasy, so that's uh, that's really exciting. Yeah, uh, I I just kind of put each of, you know, at each position what the most impressive rookie has been to me so far, and for quarterback, it definitely is C.J. Stroud. Um, what's most impressive to me is, like, you know, I think a problem that some Ohio State quarterbacks have faced is, like, in, co- in college, they have forever to throw the ball and they can just take all their time. They don't have to process real fast and they don't do well in the NFL when they get under pressure. 
Um, Stroud was fantastic under pressure. He was missing four out of his five starting offensive linemen for this last game. He had people in his face all day and he was still delivering the ball and obviously had a great day passing. So, um, yeah, it's very encouraging. His receiving core is still getting healthy and, you know, up to speed. Tank Dell's a rookie. Uh, John Mechie's still coming back from injury. Um, Nico Collins is another young guy. So, yeah, it's just, you know, when the offensive line gets healthy again and, you know, all these guys, you know, build in, a, you know, or pour with each other, uh, it's it's already been really good. He was QB 12 this last uh, week, so he's already shown he can be a QB 1 for you. So I only don't think it's going to improve from here. So Stroud is, um, you know, I'm I'm very happy to see it. Same here, same here. Well, um, would you like to get into a second quarterback here? Uh, I was going to get straight into running back, but if you would like to. Yeah, no, I will uh, touch on, uh, well, you know, we might as well just touch on the big three here because I think it's kind of a um, like three gradations of, of how we should feel about them at this point after two games. But Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson would definitely be a guy that I would put um, as someone who's impressed me. Um, you know, obviously he's gotten, you know, one of them, one of them, he was a self-reported concussion that was, you know, on, on a, a touchdown play, actually on a second touchdown play of the first quarter. Uh, so, I mean, look, here's what I'll say. All of the people that had him is, Oh, his upside's so huge. And da, da, da. you guys look pretty justified. Uh, and you know, I ended up bumping him to my quarterback too. Um, you know, I do think, you know, he's looked pretty good as a passer that's the thing he's looked pretty good as a passer he hasn't been way off way inaccurate I think he was 65 percent in his first game um i'm not uh, sure what is that what the percentage was on the second game uh, obviously he left left this and that's great you know he left it in the at the end of the first quarter so or i think he actually went out for a drive before he and, and played maybe the first drive of the second quarter but anyways before he self-reported the concussion symptoms but obviously the the he's gonna have to stop taking hit as many hits as he is he's kind of I got that Josh Allen like fuck it attitude, which is great to watch. But you know him getting nicked up to the first two games isn't great. But he didn't really have injury issues in college. Um, he's very sturdily built. He's huge. He's got the Cam Newton you know body build going on. I don't necessarily think that injury is a huge concern for me. It's just uh, some things he has to clean up and try to take. Uh, you know some of these hits that aren't necessary, not, not taking those, but what are your thoughts on Anthony Richardson? You've definitely been out on him as a whole, a little bit more in as far as dynasty, but definitely mm-hmm. a redraft. Um, you know, I, uh, I think he's not, a, if he's, he's not a top 12 uh, quarterback right now, he's, he's very close. So yeah. What are your thoughts? And uh, do you think, do you think that'll continue going forward? Yeah, I, I do think they're going to dial back the running a little bit just because he's taking a lot of hits and he has yet to be able to finish a game yet. It's been two separate injuries, but a bone bruise and then obviously getting the concussion. Um, he's going to have to get used to being like protecting himself because if you watch it on that run, he was at the goal line when he got hit and he like he didn't brace himself at all for the contact he was about to get. So I don't, I don't know if he thought he wasn't going to get hit or if he you know, didn't think it was going to be that big of a hit or what, but he did, you know, hit you're talking his... about the bone brute, the bone. Oh no, 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 no the concussion. The concussion. concussion. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was at the goal line. He got smacked. And then when he landed on his back, he kind of snapped his head into the grass uh, and that's how he got the concussion. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, I, I imagine that Steichen is going to see that stuff and say, okay, my rookie quarterback has gotten hurt two weeks in a row, hasn't finished the game healthy. We need to let the running backs take a little bit more of the goal line, you know, you know, all, all, all the punishment that they received there and let him do a little bit more with his arm and get a little bit more in open space. 
Um, so I think that will limit him a little bit more. You know, it's three touchdowns in two weeks, so people are really hype about that, but that's not uh, that's not a pace that you can keep up. I mean, Lamar Jackson had eight rushing touchdowns, I believe, in his uh, most prolific year. I believe Fields had seven last year. So, um, you know, you're probably going to average around half a rushing touchdown a game. So uh, I do think it's going to come back down to earth a little bit in that point. I I'm, I ha- was impressed with how he looked uh, week one as a passer, but I did see, you know, that the, almost all of his passes were going to the right. I was interested to see how he, they, he would adjust to that. We haven't seen a full game since. Um, so, yeah, jury's still out on that. I still have my heavy doubts about that. But, um, but yeah, I just, you know – I'm interested to see how they handle his rushing considering he's gotten nicked up already two times. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's something they're going to have to figure out, but I mean, he's impressed me a lot. I, you know, I couldn't leave him mm-hmm. off this list of, of rookies that, uh, that, that have impressed. Cause, uh, I agree. definitely. I, I think that the Colts, uh, are onto something there. Uh, and Shane Steichen looks like a, he's building the right offense for him as well yeah. which and to be fair Jalen like, Hurts has looked rough the first two games so maybe it's a uh, you know Steichen is the magic sauce that's a good point and you know when I think about Jalen Hurts rookie season uh Fields rookie season Lamar's rookie season and even past the rookie seasons I don't think they looked this good as a passer right away you make a good point most everything was to the right and you know we need to see more than a game in a quarter mm-hmm. but I mean you know as far as what I've seen so far, you know, I, I've just, that's what I've really been. I knew he could run. I knew he would, you know, get some rushing touchdowns, but I thought that that's what we'd have to rely on. I didn't necessarily think he could throw for 250, 300 yards a game. And I think that's something that maybe is looking like it, it could be possible as well. But, um, but all right, well, there's one more quarterback. There's Bryce young and he's looked bad. Like this was the number one overall. He's a lot of people's top uh, quarterback pick. Um, I'm very concerned, not necessarily that he won't ever be a good quarterback, but like, so, okay. Have you heard this thing about Andy Dalton comes in on third and short? No. Okay. So they bring in Andy Dalton every time they're on third and short. And the reason why is because Bryce Young can't run the quarterback sneak package. He's literally like too small. It's not effective. So they bring in Andy Dalton when they're in third and short. And sometimes they pass it, but it's just so that they know that there's the, 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 threat of the sneak that's an issue uh you know i mean um not necessarily for his long-term career like you can be a 10-year starter and have someone come in on third and uh, third and short but uh but i mean just the fact that his they're having to adapt to his size that extremely um he's looked not good. Uh, I mean, he probably we a lot of people said that the Houston Texans offense was less loaded than the Carolina Panthers. But I think at this point, we can all say that the Panthers is the least loaded of the the three of these guys we're talking about. I was only two games. That. I was saying that. Yeah, I mean, I felt like Houston and, and Carolina were, were kind of close. And, you know, outside of Michael Pittman, well, you know, the thing was, you know, Richardson had Taylor. And then, you know, without Taylor, I didn't feel like that was a very uh, full cupboard as well, but you know, they, it's definitely CJ and Anthony have made the most of what they got. Bryce has just looked inaccurate. His downfield accuracy has been among the worst in the league. Uh, so he's, he's, you know, just having to do everything short. Yeah. I, that was my thing about Bryce was look, he's small. He's an outlier from a, a size perspective, but he also like, didn't have like a rocket arm to me. Like he's a good decision maker, but like, I don't know how well he'll be able to get the ball down the field in, in the NFL. And so I think that that could be the long-term issue that I kind of see after two weeks. 
Yeah, I, I really don't have any concerns with his arm. It, it was plenty strong enough in college to me anyway. I, I think he can make all the throws. I'm, I'm I'm not concerned at all about that. I'm concerned more about his size. Uh, will he be able to hold up? He definitely gets slung down easier than these other quarterbacks. I do think he has worse weapons than all of them right now, and they haven't really been able to run the ball either. But, uh, I mean, shit, I, he would kill for even Josh Downs off the Colts, much less Michael Pittman. Uh, but yeah, I, I just do think he is at a loss for weapons at the moment. And, uh, you know, he did look a lot better his second game. He didn't put up crazy stats or anything, but he avoided the mistakes. He didn't throw three interceptions. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> yeah. mean, he, uh, I think he, he only threw two in that first game, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he's, he has two touchdowns on the year, two interceptions and, uh, yeah, his, his completion percentage went up a whole lot that second game. So, I think he's headed in the right direction. I'm still not concerned about him long-term, but uh, for redraft purposes, it's probably going to be a, a tough learning season for him. Yeah, I think he's. I think that's a good way to put it, is I think of these three quarterbacks, he's the only one I don't think is going to be startable for redraft, at least not for a, a good minute here. So yeah. uh, so that that's definitely a good way to frame that. Let's move on to the running backs, and you know, we know where we got to start, but I'll let you start it out. Yes. It's the one and only Bijan Robinson. He's incredible. He's uh, he's got what like two hundred and fifty something yards over the first uh, two weeks. He's he's been amazing. Um, uh, where is he? I'm about to look up where he is on the on the total uh, season long list because he is RB five on the year so far already in his first wow. two weeks as a rookie. Um, if you watched him play, it's incredible. Like a guy that big should not be able to cut and move as good as he does. It's like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I don't want to say Barry Sanders. It's such high praise, but you know, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson esque, I would say, especially with how much of a triple threat he is out of the backfield with the ball in his hands as a runner and as a blocker, he's just, uh, He's the real deal. Um, he'll still continue to split carries with Algier, but uh, man, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine he's not going to finish as a top five running back this year. And uh, obviously, we have him as our RB one in Dynasty, and there's nothing we've seen so far that's uh, you know changed our opinions on that. So, um, yeah, he's he's been incredible. He's going to continue to get better, and uh, the Falcons are going to run the ball a whole hell of a lot. So uh, all arrows are pointing up for Mister Bijan. Yeah, Bijan. You know, I was really nervous at certain times because i was you know taking Bijan consistently over any of these quarterbacks even though i normally you know try to lean quarterback in the rookie drafts but i feel like you know as long as he stays healthy it, he's in the perfect system the perfect place and yeah it's all roses and sunshine with Bijan right now um there's not really any other rookie running back that you know, has jumped off the page as far as like a guy that's like breaking into my weekly lineup. I will just touch on Jameer Gibbs because he's looked very good in the work that he's gotten. He's looked electric. Uh, last week actually wasn't, wasn't as good. Yeah. Pretty uh, inefficient. Yeah. He was inefficient on the ground. He did have some pass catching work, but, and you know, he's had nine receptions in two games. That's awesome. That right there is super exciting. Uh, nine receptions for uh, 58 yards. Um, and you know, he's averaging 4.2 on the ground. So, you know, 14 carries on the ground. So it's not, not like he's doing bad, you know, mm -hmm. as a, as a whole, but obviously, you know, we talked about this, he was my bust pick, uh, in redraft and it's just, uh, you know, people had him as a top 12 running back and I just don't, he will end up getting more work and, you know, it'll, the thing is he also hasn't gotten a touchdown yet. So, you know, the games he gets those touchdowns will be 
much better fantasy wise than what they've been so far. But yeah, I don't know. Like me and Nate said it time and time again, like Bijan and where, you know, Jameer was drafted in relation to Bijan is kind of skewed people's ideas of what to expect, especially in year one. But I kind of think just period. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Bijan, I mean, sorry, Jameer has, has looked good, has looked explosive. They've talked about both weeks. Uh, Dan Campbell has specifically said, we're going to get Jameer Gibbs more work this next week. And so, you know, the work he's getting, he has looked good with. So I do feel like in that way he's impressed, but yeah, for fantasy, you haven't really wanted him in your lineup either week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you would hope he gets a little bit more work while Montgomery's out. Um, but you know, I mentioned, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did mention that, you know, when when Montgomery did leave, that Craig Reynolds kind of immediately took over that role. And I, I think part of the problem is, you know, and I mentioned this, you know, coming out of college, but Gibbs does not do well in pass protection. So when it comes time to do the two minute drill or run obvious pass uh, passing down stuff. Um, it's they they bring someone else in to hold up and give golf protection when you know it's a little less obvious they can bring him in and run screens or you know him out or out and whatnot. But um, but yeah, it's uh, that kind of hinders how much they can have him out there. He's he's also been a little bit inefficient uh, as far as you know yards per reception and stuff. Hasn't really been um, doing much on that front, especially in this last game. So. Um, yeah, I, I would expect that to go up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I had him as a bust as well. He was RB27 in redraft for me this year. Um, and so far he's RB29 through two weeks. And there are some guys below him like Brees Hall and Damian Pierce that I would expect to jump him. So, um, yeah, uh, we're, we're both in agreement here. Gibbs is um, d- doing well for a rookie, but uh, not what some people thought and were hoping for. Yeah, he's not getting the workload, but he has been impressive with the work he's gotten. You know, yeah, I think been... I think that is important to say. So, um, all right, you got any other running backs you want to you want to touch on that have stood out to you over two weeks, or you want to move on to receivers because uh, we definitely got a nice list of receivers. Yeah, yeah, we definitely can get into them. Uh, honestly, in his limited um, work so far, Tajay Spears I think has been doing a really good job. He's been really efficient. Um, if Derrick Henry happens to go down, I think Spears are going to be. Very, very valuable. I mean, he was already RB32 last week, so he's already got some RB3 value. Uh, He, you know, nine yards per carry his first week, over six yards per carry this last week. He's getting some receiving work. Uh, So, yeah, I uh, just definitely a guy that I'm keeping my eye on. And if something happens to Henry or he, you know, the Titans blow it up and get trade him or something, um, Spears is going to be very, very useful. All right. Yep. I think that's a good name to, to add in there. And yeah, just no, no other running back has really had a chance to uh, really show out as far as rookies this year, but um, you know, we're sure that that will change the next time we revisit uh, this topic. Uh, well, let's move on to the wide receivers because man, we got to start with, there's been no more impressive rookie receiver. <laughs> there's been no more impressive receiver period uh, really in, in fantasy football. I think he's the wide receiver two overall Puka Nakua, man, like I had this guy as like a late target. I think it was like my wide receiver 13 or 14, like in this class. And that was higher than most. So, you know, I I, I guess I can victory lap, but still I was drafting him way too late, obviously. And, you know, I don't have him in enough leagues. I wish that I would have had him a little bit higher just so he was like a fourth round target a little bit more. But, man, he's got 35 targets over two games. First time a rookie has ever done that ever in the history of football. So, um, yeah, I mean, is it real? Is it going to fizzle out? I don't fucking know. But 
I know that no other person has ever done what he's done before. So I'm going to lean towards it's real. Sean McVay, once again, doesn't need first round picks because he finds them in the fifth round. But uh, Puka Nakua, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot to say, him being on one of your favorite teams. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Cooper Cup will be back. That might affect things as well. But it's just hard to see this guy not being startable in fantasy this entire year. And who knows how far going forward after that. Yeah, man, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes, but he's been incredibly impressive so far. I mean, you mentioned the most targets for, for a rookie. I think the most receptions for a rookie as well through two weeks. I know it's the most receptions in a single game. Any rookie has had ever with 15 receptions this last week against the Niners. Um, yeah, it's, it's been insane. Wide receiver two on the year so far. Um, and he's got, a good body to hold up to the, I mean, six, two, two Oh five. He's about the same size as Cooper cup. He's not a small guy. Um, yeah. I mean, when cup comes back, obviously this is going to dwindle, but you know, we, we're not hundred percent sure when cup is coming back and definitely Puka is going to maintain a role. I mean, I, you know, I was hoping for Van Jefferson and you know, the reports were that he was showing a lot in camp, but it's, it's obvious that, you know, Van Jefferson, when Cooper cup comes back is the one getting pushed out on snap share, not, uh, not Puka. So um, yeah, he's, he's been incredibly impressive and, uh, yeah, I, I, am very interested to see if he does end up being the, the number one rookie wide receiver this year. Cause that would be absolutely insane. Would you trade him right now for, I mean, and obviously we don't exactly know what, where the first would be, but for what you thought would be a late first. So a first from a, a good team. I would. Um, okay. I, I, and I know it could, you know, he could end up being great, but there are a lot of really good pass catchers in this upcoming draft. And there are a lot of really good quarterbacks to push those guys down towards the end of the first. So yeah, I, I would take the, the chance on a, a pick. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Last week, the conversation was, would you trade a second? And now he's being traded for first everywhere. So, uh, you know, it's like, do it's, it's just like stocks, you know, do I let this ride out? Is it going to keep climbing or, you know, do I get out at the high point here, but it's I, a tough one. And it's a decision you definitely need to make if you own him, especially in dynasty. But I mean, redraft, uh, I would just treat him like the gem off the waiver wire that you got him as last week. And just, uh, you know, continue to start him as your wide receiver two or three. And hey, he's the actual wide receiver two overall right now. So maybe you're starting to measure wide receiver one and don't even know it. But yeah, uh, real, real quick, uh, we actually uh, he he was my pick for wide receiver in our you know we have a segment upcoming called biggest surprises of the season so far. Uh, he was uh-huh. definitely my pick at wide receiver for that because no shit, he's the biggest surprise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, one thing in his favor, I will say, take it for what it's worth. But um, Sean McVay said he is the most impressive rookie he has ever seen. Um, and McVay has had some pretty awesome rookies come through, including Cooper Cup. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, definitely take note and uh, yeah, let's yeah. Just see where this goes. Yep. And what one thing you do have to do at this point, and I'll just touch on this when we need to keep going through this, guys. Um Abandon draft capital at this point. Once you've seen it and what's once these guys, I mean, dude, 35 targets, that's 17 and a half per game. Like once you've seen it that early, it doesn't matter where they were drafted. Cooper cup was what a fourth or fifth round pick. Fourth. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you gotta, don't let that hold you and influence you from thinking that he can't be legit. He can't be the next Cooper cup or whatever it's going to be. So anyways, very excited about Puka. 
Zay Flowers would be the second guy on my wide receiver list. Uh, very impressive, uh, getting heavily targeted. Mark Andrews was back last week. He was still, you know, well targeted. Um, just looks so ziggy on the field. Look, it was a lot of fun to watch. I was really out on him. I I got one share and then I ended up trading trading it for Michael Pittman. And Michael Pittman has done well too, so I don't feel too terrible about that yet. But I do wish I would have saved one share of him because uh, he uh, he's definitely really look, just looks super impressive and another one of these little guys that uh you know we got to stop counting out yeah no it's uh he, he had a lot of comparisons to steve smith and uh he's he's looked the part so far he's been great in contested catch situations he's great with the ball in his hands um yeah no i i really really liked him coming out and uh it's, he's he's showing out so far he is uh, not the next rookie I would bring up, however. Uh, my number two would be Jordan Addison. Um, Addison has been showing out a lot and been doing a little bit more. He's been doing a little bit more with less, uh, creating more with the touches he's been given. Um, with, uh, you know, K.J. Osborne kind of looking like crap the last game and just you know looking like a jag in previous games anyway. Uh, I think the snap share for Addison is just going to keep going up and up. He was already uh, on for almost 70% of the snaps uh, last game. Uh, he was wide receiver 19 in week one, wide receiver 28 this last week uh, with 16 points in both games. So, um, yeah, he's. Uh, I'm very, very excited. He's obviously going to have Jefferson taking coverage away from him the entire year. So, uh, And it's uh, offense that has to put up a whole bunch of points because the defense sucks. So, yeah, Addison and Flowers are really close, but uh, just uh, with him getting the touchdowns and doing a little bit more with less, I put Addison slightly ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think they were back-to-back -back for me. Um, just, you know, Zay's just been more heavily targeted where, you know, Addison's gotten those touchdowns. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, Addison looks like the real deal. A great compliment to Justin Jefferson. Um and yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. He's shown out both weeks. Uh, and, and yeah, I think he's, he's, uh, he came on faster than I thought he would. I mean, he was your like value wide receiver pick and I was like, Oh, you're going to have to wait a couple weeks and nope, uh, you don't. So, uh, but one guy you did have to wait, we are going to have to couple, we'll wait a couple weeks on hopefully one more week, but he's still getting, you know, targets. He's, he's on the field, uh, heavily is, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, you know, DK's gotten a touchdown both weeks. Uh, Tyler Lockett had two touchdowns last week. So, um, you know, it's just kind of hasn't gone his way as far as touchdowns. He's uh, gotten, uh, I think he had uh, uh, six targets in the first game. And uh, I'll look up real quick what he had uh, in last week's game. But uh, yeah, he, um, so he had f uh, five receptions for 34 yards, um, six targets. So yeah, so six targets. Uh, so yeah, you know, he's, um, that's, that's, that's good for a rookie. I mean, he's getting open on the field. He's running good routes. He's just, uh, you know, hopefully we'll start getting more targeted. I've made some bold predictions on him, so I really needed to start, uh, turning up here soon, but, uh, you know, still just a name I would mention. Uh, and then, uh, or here you go ahead and, and, and give another name. If you have it, I got two more names on the list. Yeah. I'll go ahead and mention Tank Dell, uh, for going by pure fantasy output, he would be the fourth uh, rookie wide receiver up he's wide receiver 29 on the year so far. Um, most of that obviously coming this last week where he had 20 points was wide receiver 19 on the week. Uh, snap share went way up was 48% the first week. It went up to 79 in week two. Um, yeah, 10 targets in week two, seven receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. So heavily, heavily involved. And, uh, yeah, this is a team that their defense is not great. 
Uh, should be getting better. I mean, Will Anderson has definitely shown some flashes already, and, you know, they have some guys, but it's going to take time. They're not going to be elite at any point this year. Um, so, yeah, it's the offense is going to have to pass. They're going to be behind in a lot of games. So I think Tank Dell, uh, yeah, is, is going to be a startable rookie throughout uh, most of the year. I agree with you there. Um, one name, you kind of touched on him earlier, but Jock Downs, a guy that mm-hmm. I had quite high in my rankings. Um and didn't give up on, uh, you know, the 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 landing spot to the Colts didn't feel very good. But you know what? Him and Anthony Richardson have some serious chemistry developed. He's already the wide receiver too. Alec Pierce has kind of taken a back seat and pretty much been irrelevant in the first two games. Uh, and Josh Downs has been heavily targeted both games. Um, it hasn't gotten any touchdowns, hasn't had huge yardage, but uh, PPR already has been startable. And I think he's a um sneaky pickup in a very deep league we didn't mention uh for the you know in the in the waiver wire sections but uh i I do think that uh you know 14 team league i'm in uh you know i I picked him up this week um and it could you know very well end up being a solid flex play going forward yeah last guy i'll just mention real quick is rasheed rice uh he you know definitely week two was more disappointing than week one he had a you know pretty good week one actually but not a guy i'm comfortable starting right now but uh, he's getting on the field early as a rookie he's catching you know most of the balls especially all the catchable ones that come his way he's been doing good things with the ball in his hands after the catch so uh yeah i expect his role to grow throughout the season but uh it's just really hard to tell with this uh, chiefs offense so uh, definitely a guy I'm stashing away and he's shown some good things, but uh, you know, not a guy that you can start right now. All right, well, let's move on to tight end and we'll quickly, uh, you know, Sam Laporta, you already mentioned here, uh, you know, from the waiver wire section, he has been the most impressive rookie. Um, you know, the other three guys, it's impressive that they're starting, but you know, haven't really had big fantasy days. Nate, if there's any of them you kind of want to focus on here, feel free. If not, we can move on to our next dog discussion. Uh, yeah, I'll just, you know, obviously Sam Laporta being tight end five uh, so far is incredible, especially considering he doesn't have a touchdown yet. I mean, it's all been receptions and yardage and stuff. Uh, I, he, I, I need to look it up. In fact, I will right now, but uh, he is probably one of the few in the top five that that's the case for. But anyway, uh, he's tight end five right now. Uh, Dalton Kincaid has also been impressive as well. He is tight end 11 on the year, so still a tight end one. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, it's kind of a cumulative thing because he was tied in 18 in week one, tied in the 16 this last week, but he's been putting up steady production and I expect that to only grow going forward. So, uh, both my top two rookie tight ends in the top 12 early on. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all right. Uh, but let's move on. We're going to call this section, the alpha hunter, and we're going to talk about a couple of ambiguous wide receiver cores and, who we think at the end of the year will be the fantasy wide receiver one. So this doesn't necessarily mean the most with the, the one with the most targets or the X role or whatever, just the one that you want in fantasy. So uh, Nate, we'll start with the Patriots. I think you kind of alluded to the fact that you had a couple of numbers for us. Uh, so uh, who is going to be the alpha for the Patriots in fantasy in 2023? Uh, yeah, it's, I believe it's going to be Kendrick Bourne. Um, yeah, obviously week one, he had a fantastic performance was wide receiver five, uh, you know, did really, really well. Um, didn't have uh, as good a game in week two, obviously, but he still had nine targets. He just was only able to reel in four of those. Um, a lot of them were catchable. So yeah, I, I expect that to kind of go more towards the median again and him be, you know, the guy and catch the majority of the passes that go his way. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, Devonte Parker will still play a role as well. He's more the red zone possession guy, uh, but Bourne is heavily targeted. He's, you know, used in the middle of the field as well as that deep stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, over the first two weeks here, he has 20 targets. So I, I'll take that target share and, uh, you know, expect him to just catch most of them going forward. To be fair though, Parker didn't play in the first game. So, you know, he doesn't the target share thing is a little inflated. In, well, he had in, 11 in, targets in week one and still had nine in week two. So it's not like it dropped right, off a right. whole lot. Yeah. And yeah, that's perfectly fair. And I actually do agree with you. It's uh close for me with Parker. I think in PPR Parker could be more dependable some weeks, but I do like the fact that you can kind of depend or not depend, but hope for a, a bomb touchdown or at least like a 25 plus yard touchdown from, from born uh, most weeks. So, um, so yeah, I, I sided with you there uh, moving on to the next one. We have the New York giants. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, and it's just because he's the only guy that can do this. We saw like they were losing 28 or 21 to zero to the uh, Arizona Cardinals and the guy that really helped their offense explode and the only guy that looks like he's going to have explosive plays in their passing game is Jalen Hyatt. Um, so uh, I wasn't really expecting to say this at the beginning of the year, but, you know, he had two deep catches uh, last week and none of the other receivers, everybody else is just, it's like they're getting like three targets each and, you know, nobody else is getting downfield targets. I mean, a little bit of, um, oh, uh, fuck. Darius. Slayton. Oh, wait. Slayton. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Uh, he's getting some downfield targets. He just hasn't caught any yet. Uh, but yeah, I really think that uh, Jalen Hyatt can emerge as, I mean, I would, I've said, I mean, I know he went a little bit later in the draft and I was a little bit lower on him than some in the fantasy community, but. I think he's probably the most talented receiver on this on this team. Wandell isn't there, and I think Wandell can give him a run for his money. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the Jalen Hyatt has a, has a chance here to be that down the field bomb guy. He had two receptions for eighty nine yards, so average of forty four uh, last week. So uh, yeah, I think he's just the only guy that you can kind of hope for for that. Um, and I just don't know really what else I can hang my hat on with any of the rest of these guys. But maybe you have a different answer. Yeah, I mean, Hyatt is definitely a worthy answer. Um, it's kind of a toss-up between him and the guy I'll mention, but I will uh, go with Darius Slayton on this. Uh, he mm -hmm. did have three receptions for 62 yards this last game, so you know, about 21 yards per reception. So he is explosive. He's still only 26 years old, so he, and he's got the size, too. He's 6'1", almost 200 pounds. Um, his snap share went up a good bit from week one, as did his fantasy production. So, uh, so yeah, just, uh, I, Slayton has shown some really good stuff in the past and if he's healthy and, uh, he's getting worked in more, I, I think he can be the wide receiver one for the team, uh, even over Darren Waller, but, uh, Hyatt, if he keeps, you know, ripping off long balls and, uh, you know, catching a touchdown or two, uh, he, he may just uh, beat him out on those kind of plays. Yeah, I think that is the uh, the other uh, name that I considered as well. So uh, let's move on to the next team. We got the Panthers. And uh, Nate, I'm interested to see who you think the Panthers wide receiver one at the end of the year will be. Uh, yes, I think it is going to be, and some people might not like this, but it's Adam Thielen. Uh, they have a rookie quarterback. Things are a little shaky, and they need to turn to old reliable 
And that's exactly what they did after a shaky week one and week two. Um, you know, and honestly, they faced two good defenses so far. The Falcons and the Saints both have, especially the Saints, both have very talented defenses. But, um, you know, Thielen was wide receiver 16 in week two. He had uh, only two targets in week one. He went up to nine targets in week two, uh, seven receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown as well. So, uh, so yeah, he's he's the guy that's going to be, you know, I imagine Mingo's going to be taking the top off the defense and Thielen's going to be the underneath PPR guys. So I think just with volume and with the, you know, comfort level he can bring with his expertise and just his experience, uh, that will lend to him being the guy. But, you know, if Mingo ends up outproducing him at the end of the season, that wouldn't surprise me. But uh, just for the time being, I think Thielen's going to accumulate enough for him. He'll end up being the wide receiver one on the year for that team. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I think if Thielen is where I leaned in the beginning and I think in, you know, full PPR, he's probably the safe answer, but, you know, I looked at the targets and actually uh, Mingo has been the most targeted receiver already as a, as a rookie uh, across both games. So he had five targets in week one and nine in week two. So aside from Nakua. Oh, I, I meant on his team. Oh, okay. You said yeah. rookie. So I, yeah. Or just as a, yeah, he is. Even as a rookie, he's oh, okay. the most targeted receiver on his team. Yeah. Sorry if I might not have phrased that the best way, but yeah. Um, so yeah. So, you know, he has 13 targets on the season. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, two or three more than Thielen and all of his targets are deep. Um, you know, his, he only has uh, five catches. I mean, part, that's part of the issue is, you know, Bryce Young hasn't been, you know, putting it on the money deep a lot. Um, but I think that'll start to shift. I think that it's clear that, um, Bryce is trying to get him the ball and feels like he's his best playmaker. And, you know, Adam Thielen is a good, getting a lot more of the, uh, short yardage, um, you know, easier dump off stuff, uh, along with Hayden Hurst. So those might be more dependable in the beginning, but hopefully if Bryce Young does show some improvement as the year progresses, he can get the ball downfield. And I think Mingo, uh, you know, will be the most targeted and hopefully those targets can result in catches down the field. Yeah, I, that's obviously the other name in discussion here. So, uh, so yeah, I'd be interested to see which of these two. It's you know experience and consistency or explosiveness and youth. So we'll, we'll see which one wins out. We shall, we shall. All right, and uh, last we have the Packers here, yes. and um, might be the least ambiguous of any of them. But uh, but yeah, Nate, I'll let you start us out and. I give who you think will be. And, you know, I guess if you want to factor in, you know, some, you know, the, the most obvious name has already missed two games. So no. maybe, you know, maybe that's something you want to factor in, but yeah, uh, if you want to give your answer for the Packers. Yeah. Especially if you consider just the games going forward and stuff, even if he misses this week, um, my answer has got to be Christian Watson. Um, I, you know, I'm definitely a big believer in Dobbs and I still think he can have a good year. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he had a good week one, but most of that was buoyed by, you know, having two touchdowns. Uh, if you look at just his receptions and yardage, it was four receptions for 26 yards. So that uh, doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, especially since Watson was out. And this last game, he had two receptions for 30 yards, uh, with Watson also out. So, I just um, I don't know if he has the ability to kind of carry the load as a wide receiver one for the team, whereas Watson has the size, the speed, you know, the athleticism. Um, and, you know, he's shown it over stretches in the past as well. So uh, just with what Watson can do with the ball in his hands and his, uh, you know, all those attributes I mentioned, I, I just got to lean with him on this one. My second pick would be Dobbs. Um, Reed has shown a lot of good things, too, as well. But uh, I, I just I, I feel safest with Christian Watson on this. 
Yeah, I think Watson is the safest answer, but I'm going to make another argument just for some interest here. And, you know, Dobbs would have been my answer. Um, and I still think he's a, I think all three of these guys are possible answers. And I don't think that Christian Watson is as obvious as an answer as a lot of people would say. I do think he would still be my pick if I had to, you know, put some money on it or anything, but just looking at Jaden Reed's, uh, some of the peripheral stuff here. I mean, he had eight targets last week. He only caught four, but you know, two of them were touchdowns, uh, the week before he had five targets. Um, and you know, he had two receptions, but there was for 48 yards. So it was 24 yards. So he's getting targets down the field. Uh, he's getting some really cool, like, uh, design play calls as well. He's gotten two, uh, rushing plays. Uh, he has negative two yards on the uh, uh, on the total of the both of them because uh, one of them resulted in, in in negative five yards. But I like that they're getting him. Uh, they're not really getting the other guys the balls in some of these more creative ways. Uh, so yeah, I think that you know he was drafted four picks after where they took Christian Watson. So even if you're like a draft capital, you know, guy and have only like let your stuff depend on that. I think, you know, there's a strong argument that, you know, the same coaching staff drafted him at the same place and probably sees them as, you know, the the one and twos. I love Romeo Dobbs, but, you know, he was a later round receiver and, uh, you know, he did have a lot of preseason hype, but he actually hasn't been targeted that much. Like Jaden Reed has been targeted more than him. They both have two touchdowns, uh, so that's mm-hmm. that's exciting for them both. But um, I, I actually ended up leaning Jaden Reed here again. Christian Watson's probably the most uh, obvious answer, but you know, I thought I'd uh, make, make, make an interesting argument here. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't base too much on draft capital, even though they did trade up for Watson. I remember that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Watson, it's definitely the bigger athletic freak and they were doing a lot of those sweeps and stuff uh, when he was in last year. So I do wonder, you know, when he is back, you know, is he going to immediately take that stuff from Jaden Reed? Cause that's more in his wheelhouse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. just haven't seen the split with all of them there yet. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. All right. Well, the last leg of our dog discussion here is going to be, um, we'll drive down a little bit here, but that's all right. We have some good discussions, but it's going to be the biggest surprises of the 2024 season so far, just kind of open-ended doesn't have to necessarily be the biggest, uh, fantasy related, but you know, of course, uh, just what's, what stood us uh, out to us the most, um, um, Nate, you already kind of, uh, you know, touched a little bit on it on, on Puka Nakua, but, um, you know, one of them that I actually had listed was just the Rams offense as a whole. So maybe if you want to just talk about that, um, cause yeah, to me, you know, that, that was one of them I had listed. I'm sure you would, you would agree. You are probably less surprised than the average person. Cause you were, you know, obviously more in on your Rams than, than the average Joe, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you would even say you've been surprised by pretty much everybody on that offense's uh, performance. Uh, yeah, even, you know, just mainly some of the more unknowns like Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and stuff. They've, you know, their production has surprised me a little bit, but. Uh, and Kyron. I, I, yeah, right? yeah, Kyron, Kyron, obviously. I mean, I think that's a little bit of, you know, addition by subtraction, you know, Acres kind of getting, you know, not doing as well and, uh, you know, getting faced. But just that Kyron, Kyron is doing as well as he is, regardless of. Oh, yeah, Kyron's doing well. I mean, most of it's having four touchdowns. It's a lot of, you know, volume over, you know, efficiency. But still, you know, as someone who is out on Kyron, he's definitely, you know, doing really, really well so far. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I told y'all, man, like everybody thought the Rams were going to be so shit. And, 
You know, I got laughed at when I said they were going to have a winning record this year, but they will. They will. They took the 49ers and gave them everything they won, and they don't even have Cooper Cup back yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited with what the Rams are going to be able to do this year. I do think they can compete uh, to make it into the playoffs as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is better, a lot better than people anticipated. So that's one thing is, like, they're not always going to be in a situation where they have to put up a whole bunch of points to win games. Uh, so that's something to monitor, but it, the offense is definitely what carries this team and it's been explosive so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Rams offense in general, even I have been impressed with how good they've been, but, uh, yeah, Sean McVay only has one losing season in his entire tenure and that was due to a whole shitload of injuries. So the guy can coach and we're seeing it right now. Yeah. I mean, I would have surefire pencil pencil him in for a losing season this year and I still might bet on that way, but it's definitely, yeah, I mean, not if they keep playing like this, you know, so they almost beat the 49ers. Like I never would have thought that their ragtag team could have done that. So, uh, well, uh, I kind of, uh, stepped on, you know, one I know you had here. So if you have another one for us, go ahead and, and, and give it. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple more, but uh, I'll just mention a quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, if I had told you a couple of weeks ago that after two weeks, Josh Dobbs, uh, and Bryce Young would be higher than Joe Burrow in fantasy points. You wouldn't have believed it, but it's true. Joe Burrow is currently quarterback 31 in six-point passing touchdown leagues. Uh, obviously, this is due to the fact that he has an ongoing calf injury. You can see he just can't really like just plant and let it rip on his dropbacks. So it's affecting him. He also played in very poor conditions in that first game as well, which made it even worse. So yeah, it's, it's been a couple of factors, but the main thing is the injury. Uh, it's scary for the future. Uh, hopefully it's not a long-term thing and he, you know, he's back to normal within a few weeks, but um, yeah, shit, shit sucks so far, especially someone who drafted him in the league that's trying to win now in dynasty. Um, it's been bad. So, uh, yeah, ho hopefully Burrow gets back to normal soon. But, yeah, quarterback 31 after two weeks is not what we all had in mind. Not at all. Yeah, no, that's definitely been a big surprise. And, you know, we know it's hope, you know, we hope it has, you know, everything to do with the injury. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, um, just just hasn't looked good or comfortable this season so far. Uh, well, for me, uh, the last one I'll give here is Baker May. Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Um, Baker Mayfield is the second highest rated PFF quarterback grade right now. <laughs> like, who would have thought that? I mean, I felt like I was crazy. Like, I was like convinced that I had take lock and I won't let go of Baker because I thought, like, yeah, maybe it'll be better. Like, he was drafted as like the 31st or 32nd quarterback in like every draft. So I was just like, trying to build the case in my head. And, you know, I did take him as my quarterback three in some places, but uh, I think, I mean, I think he's going to keep the job this year, man. I don't know if the bucks are going to, you know, they're two and oh, I doubt they're, you know, going to, you know, end up in as a playoff team or anything, but uh, I think he just has an energy. He's playing well. He's making good decisions. Him and Mike Evans have developed an awesome connection. Uh, I mean, Chris Godwin's still eating and getting his PPR, I um, mean, you know, I put the Buccaneers as a whole here because another name I'll mention is, you know, Rashad White. He's, you know, been surprising just because the first week he had one of the worst weeks. And then, you know, last week he had a fantastic week, was efficient, 
uh, caught passes, got a touchdown. Um, I mean, everything you want. So, I mean, the Buccaneers in whole, I mean, their defense is good. Their offense has been really surprising to, I think, a lot of people, including myself. And it's reached the point where, you know, is Baker Mayfield going to be a top 20 quarterback this year? Here's the real question. Should the Browns are the how mad are the Browns going to be if Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback? You know, leads his team to the playoffs this year, and you know, a less talented team. Most people would say, and uh, and and you know, and and Deshaun, you know, falls short of the playoffs. I think that would be quite the situation. But uh, you know, that being said, uh, Baker and the Buccaneers have been a huge surprise to me. I'd pencil them in as the fourth worst team in our division, and I think uh, that being the NFC South, and I think uh, that's clearly the Panthers at this point. Yeah, they're only the third worst team, but uh, yeah, the NFC South has Maybe got three second. teams that are two and zero. Oh, so, I I think they could beat us. I think they could beat us. They wish. They played a much they played a much closer game to the Bears than the Packers, and the Packers dominated the Bears, and we beat the Packers. So, by the laws of mathematics, <laughs> we would be. That's fair. Us. That's fair. Well, we'll play them twice. We'll see what happens. I'm not. I obviously, I hope we beat them, but I think it'll be a competitive. Uh, I think we're too too equally yoked teams i'll say but um but anyways uh you got any more uh any more big surprises that you want to talk about or you want to move on to our trade targets oh i've got a guy i've got a guy that i'd love to talk about the rb3 on the year so far is b robinson not Bijan. Brian Robinson Jr. is the RB3 on the season so far. He has looked fantastic. He is getting a lot of work. He has been efficient and getting the passing down work as well. Uh, RB15 in week one, RB1 this last week. Uh, Yeah, no, I've been, you know, I thought this guy got a bad rap coming out of college. People acting like he's just a plotter. They can't do nothing. He has above average athleticism, speed score, uh, was really effective out of the backfield in college as well. We're seeing that now. Uh, yeah, and shockingly, he looks better now that he's had more time to recover from a gunshot wound to the knee. Uh, I don't know why people didn't give him more leeway on that. But uh, yeah, if, if you got him, you got a great value because uh, B-Rob is looking fantastic. I'm not going to push back on you. I agree. And obviously I don't think you're saying you think he's going to stay in this range, you know, for the rest of the season, but it's a little bit touchdown dependent. You know, he had two touchdowns last week um, and he's actually only averaging 3.9 yards a carry, not terrible, but not super efficient. Um, You know, I don't know that he's dispelled the plotter, you know, myth. What I will say he is, he's, he's, he had a, uh, a catch for, 25 yards and a touchdown. That was the one thing that I think uh, in the first game that uh, he's had three catches for 49 yards total this year, but 16 yards a catch is definitely a good efficiency and something that I didn't really, you know, three catches is still nothing to write home about, but the fact that he's been so efficient with those three catches is something that I'll give him credit for. And yeah, I mean, back end RB one was something I never thought, you know, he would be in consideration for. And now, you know, I definitely got to consider him there when, uh, when, uh, when I'm thinking about starting him on a week to week basis. So I uh, definitely a, a good name to mention here. Yeah. And his yards per reception would be better, except one of them was a seven yard reception and it was a touchdown. So he couldn't go for any more yards. He found the end zone. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, even in this last game, he was averaging before the final drive, like 5.7 yards per carry. And then he had like three carries for one yard just because they were trying to run out the clock. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been pretty damn efficient, uh, especially compared to last year. He just looks more explosive. So I expect that trend to continue. And uh, yeah, not saying he's going to be a high end RB one, but uh, definitely a high end RB two, maybe even a low end RB one. I think that's definitely in the rebel possibility. So. Won't, won't disagree with you there. Well, all right, let's move on to our trade targets here. We got a trade for target and a trade away target. Uh, Nate, why don't you start us out with your trade for target? Uh, yes, my trade for target is Damian Pierce, a guy who has definitely struggled through the first two weeks, but I am high on this guy's ability. We saw last year he was incredibly efficient. He's a great runner, uh, also good out of the backfield as well. But, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, they're missing a whole lot of offensive linemen. So that's you know, heavily going into why his production hasn't been as good. So as they get healthier, I expect his uh, production to increase. Also, defenses going into the year, you know, he was the one thing you had to stop because he was the one thing that was proven to work. Uh, you know, if C.J. Stroud's going to be dropping, you know, three, four hundred yards passing, defenses are going to have to back off. Not going to be as many guys in the box going forward. Uh, that's also going to help him out a lot. So I think Pierce, uh, his his best days are ahead, and now's a good time to scoop him up because you still have some doubters because oh, he was a fourth round pick and it's the Texans and yada yada, but. Uh, I, he's already shown what he's about last year. And so now's a good time to scoop him up while people are in doubt. Yeah, I like that. I definitely agree with you. I hope you're right. Also selfishly, um, cause I have a good bit of them and I, my most, uh, owned running back in, uh, in, in redraft, uh, and actually have a good deal of them in dynasty is was Rashad white. And after week one, I got scared and, traded a share of Rashad White for Damian Pierce and, and then uh, now I feel sad about it. So hopefully Damian Pierce turns I, it around. I think that'll work out for you. I think that doesn't work. make that a bad move, but, uh, but yeah, no, so I like it there and I, I agree with you also. Um, for me, my trade for target is going to be somebody that disappointed me last week, but I'm still rocking with him. It's my value receiver, Gary Judy. Um, you know, he came back from his injury. He only had three catches for 25 yards wasn't nearly as involved as anybody you know the announcers the entire game were like oh um, he's circling jerry judy on like every route that they thought was, or every play there was going to be a pass and then you know he wouldn't get the ball look he's coming back from a hamstring i wouldn't be surprised if he was out there more on a decoy uh kind of basis and you know he still got the three catches you know whatever uh i i just think jerry judy is far and away the most talented receiver on this team uh, if not this week, next week, we can definitely expect him to be, you know, back to full health and Russ is actually looking okay. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league or anything, but he's, he's, he's not looking is the, the offense. They're, they're competitive. Look, they should have beat the, the, the commanders. Uh, you know, they were up like 21 to three and, you know, their defense ended up blowing them, blowing that for him. But even as they were crumbling in that, like Russ didn't look bad. They were moving the balls. You know, there was a fumble. They, they turned the ball over once and uh, you know, they just weren't able to get down and score. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting less and less worried about Russ and that makes me more and more excited about Jerry Judy um, as the season progresses. So right now I wouldn't be surprised if you could, you know, do something like, and look, I love Nico Collins, love Nico Collins, 
I think I would trade Nico Collins for Jerry Judy right now. Um, you know, so and I think a lot of people would do that. And even as I'm saying it, I'm questioning would I do that, but I think it's the right move to make. I think it's good process. And so Jerry Judy's my trade for a target. I like it. And I, I believe in the talent. I, same thing. I believe better days are ahead for him. And uh, yeah, I agree. It, it's easy to be cynical and shit on Russell Wilson because it, it's so fun and it's so easy. But uh, yeah, yeah, I agree that he has looked better. And, uh, you know, we should take that into account. So uh, Sean Payne knows what he's doing. And uh, it's fun to shit on him, too, because he is 0-2 so far. <laughs> Loser. But uh, I, I do think the offense especially looks better. The defense, I think, has taken a step back because uh, they lost their coordinator. But uh, that's not a bad thing for fantasy. It just means the offense got to put up more points. So good good point out there. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, uh, their, their defense coordinator, just to point out, Ejiro Evero. I just keep that name in mind. He might be a, a head coach one day, and he's with the Panthers now. And they're, despite their offense looking terrible, the Panthers' defense is legit. They look fantastic. So, yeah, definitely uh, props to him. But, anyways, um, all right. Who's your trade-away target? Trade-away target. You're going to have to do it quick because there ain't no better time. The RB2 on the week, it's DeAndre Swift. Sell him Mm -hmm. away while you can because if you watch that game, me or Josiah could have gotten 100 rushing yards against. I mean, they were caving in the Vikings D-line. I remember seeing one run where it was like just a basic zone to the left. And the entire left side of the O-line completely just smashed the Vikings in. And it was just a wide open lane. If you watch most of Swift's runs, he didn't break a whole lot of tackles. It was getting eight yards uncontacted and then smacking somebody and going for, you know, one or two more because he had the inertia already. So I'm not saying he didn't play well because his vision was good. He made some good cuts, bounced to the outside. I, I, I thought he did well, but... I it's not something especially Gainwell being out he's going to take a lot more touches and you know has a legitimate case to be the RB1 for that team he was go you know before he got injured uh and I just want to point out uh besides the easy yardage he had Swift had 28 carries in that game the most carries he's ever had in a season is 151 he had almost 19% of that in one game and that's great for his fantasy production in that single game. But my point on that being he hasn't shown any ability to sustain a workload like this or anything close to it throughout his career. So uh, you you might be able to find someone who believes this can happen, that he's going to get 20 to 25 touches a game and put up, you know, 100 plus yards. Sell him to that person because now's your best opportunity. So I think, yeah, if the if the right offer was made to me, um, I'm trying to think of a guy who's been disappointing. I don't know. Has Joe Mixon had a good game yet? Like something like that, like would make sense to me. Um, but so here, here's a couple of points I'll, I would push back on. Um, I think the Eagles are going to be much more run heavy this year. It looks like that without Shane Steichen, they're going to have to run this year. So I think even when Gainwell's back, you know, and I think we can pretty much safely say, you know, Rashad Penny might not even be on the, you know, roster again this this year. Yeah, he looks say, really dude, bad. He, he looks shot. Like, it's I like don't know. for as good as the offensive line you're saying, like it was doing, like he played terribly yeah, so he uh yeah. he the juice is gone i don't know if this last injury just robbed him of explosiveness but he did not look like the guy who averaged six plus yards a carry he he's not the same right. so as 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 well as the offensive line was playing like you know just in comparison swift i i, mean, I just don't think that rashad penny's even a, a factor you know what i mean so, so i think for swift it's just 
Uh, it's it's game well and swift, and I think there's enough workload. Will it be dependable? Will Lee get a touchdown every week? No, but you know he also got some good pass catching work. Um, so I you know I definitely think that for me Swift, you know I had him as a top twenty four running back at the beginning of the year. Um, I kind of bumped him outside of that when I when when it looked like uh you know after week one you know he only got one touch, but uh, I think I'm back in. I think I'm you know I'd sell him for if I can get like high end. Wide receiver two, back end wide receiver one prices for sure. But if not, I'm definitely happy to to rock out with him. I and I don't think he'll get 28 carries, but um, I do think that nobody's ever really given him the chance to get, you know, 20 carries a game or even you know 18 to 20 carries a game. And I think that he might have that chance this year. Um, but um, all right, so my trade away target is going to be a running back as well. Um, he was uh, the running back five, I believe, on the week. You can double check me on that. I'm going off of memory. It was Raheem Mostert. Mm. Um, had a very good game. Um, he's, you know, has great speed. Uh, but here's, here's a couple of things. First of all, Jeff Wilson is, you know, eligible to come back in week five. There's that looming. Devon A chain finally got on the field and he, although he only had one rush, uh, you know, he also had a rush that looked great, but it was called back for holding. Um, so I think he's going to slowly start to get worked in. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing with Mostert is just, he really is one of these guys that always seems to get injured. He has a couple of good games and then, you know, he ends up getting injured. So for me, if I have Raheem Mostert on a roster, I'm trying to sell him for, uh, Damian Pierce would be a great, like my trade away target would, would blend in perfectly to your trade for target. Cause I think a lot of people would, would take, uh, would take Raheem Mostert over Damian Pierce. And for me, um, you know, I'm just not quite ready to believe that he's going to do it all year without one of those other running backs, uh, um, you know, coming in and eating his lunch, assuming that he doesn't, you know, get injured along the way. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be more of a committee when uh, Jeff Wilson comes back. Also, you know, Salvin Ahmed's a good runner and he went out with a groin injury as well. But, uh, you know, Mostert is a, you know, a solidly built back who is very explosive and, you know, still he, he doesn't look like he's lost a step at all. So he looked really good against the Patriots. Uh, I do think he's going to be the clear cut workhorse in that backfield. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he finishes this year as an RB two. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think a chain is much of a threat to him, but uh, Jeff Wilson will definitely take more touches when he gets back. Right. And like I said, he's never, I don't think he's ever played a full season healthy, at least not one where he was a lead back. So, um, you know, we have to, you know, keep that in mind that the wear and tear of the season might, might wear down on him, you know, mid season and, and might not look as good as he does now, but, um, all right. Uh, that is our trade for and trade aways. Now let's get into our underdog starts of the week before we close out our episode tonight. And I want to go first here on quarterback because I'm scared you're going to take my guy. Um, He's ranked outside of the consensus top 20 for the week, but I think that is foolish. He proved that to us last week. It'll be a similar game script this week, and it's CJ Stroud at Jacksonville. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, he was a top uh, 10 quarterback last week. I don't know if we can expect quite that high, but Jacksonville's defense isn't necessarily, you know, that great. And, um, I think that he won't be rushed. Uh, you know, he was, he was rushed so, so hard. Like he had no time to throw last week. And I think that he'll have a little bit more time this week, which can only mean good things. So I love CJ Stroud. Uh, I'm going to be starting. He's my quarterback three in a lot of rosters and I'm going to be starting him, um, as my quarterback two in a lot of super flex rosters this week. Yeah. I, I like that pick. I considered putting him here, but I did not. Uh, I went with my boy, Matt Stafford. 
is playing the Bengals, a team that he has shredded before, and he will do so again. Uh, I think he'll get some more passing touchdowns. Didn't really get a lot of that this last week, but, you know, he showed he can do it in week one. And, uh, yeah, you know, he still had a good fantasy game considering he was against the 49ers. So the Bengals have shown they're susceptible so far this year. And so uh, Stafford, I think he's like QB 19 or 20 so uh, for the week so far. I think he could uh, end up being like a, a high-end QB 2 this week. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like that call a lot. No no pushback for me. Um, why don't you go ahead and get into your running back? Uh, yeah, my running back, this one's a deep one. I, I went deep with the running back, but uh, I feel like this could pay big-time dividends if it works out in your favor. Uh, Kendra Miller versus the Packers. Uh, I should mention that Jamal Williams is out uh, with, I believe, is a hamstring injury. So those have been very common this year so far. Uh, And Kamara is still suspended until week four. So Kendra Miller, it's basically him and Tony Jones. And I think Miller is definitely the better talent and has shown some good things already when he's uh, been out on the field in preseason. Uh, So, yeah, I I think uh, there's a good chance that he could be the RB1 on the week. And, um, yeah, that means really good things for him. So, uh, yeah, Kendra, it's a deep one. It's more of like a flex spot guy, but uh, I think uh, he could be a sneaky start. I like that a lot. No, I think that's a really good call. Um, I got a little bit deeper of a one as well, probably somewhere in the same range. But look, man, Jalen Warren, just good things happen when he gets the ball. And the and bad things happen when Najee gets the ball. And uh I think that Jalen Warren going up against the Raiders this week. I mean, you know, he hasn't had necessarily fantasy. I mean, in PPR leagues, he's been dependable. In two weeks, mm-hmm. he's had nine receptions for 78 yards. That's actually really – I mean, there's a lot of great receivers that we drafted that don't have nine receptions for 78 yards. But he hasn't been as efficient on the ground. Um, I do think against the Raiders this week, both Najee and Jalen Warren will be able to be more efficient than they've been. Uh, the Raiders' uh, rush defense uh, is not, uh, you know, anything to be scared of. Um, but I think that Jalen Warren in particular, uh, you know, will have a really good week. I think it'll be competitive. The Raiders and the Steelers offensive will probably score at similar clips. And I think that uh, Jalen Warren will get some some nice pass catching work, will be more efficient in the rushing game. And, uh, you know, he hasn't gotten a touchdown yet this year. Um, so, um, wait. Yeah, he hasn't got a touchdown yet this year, so I think uh, this could be a good opportunity for him to uh, get in the end zone. So Jalen Warren is going to be my start of the week. Again, more of a flex play, but also you could uh, probably feel comfortable with him as your RB2. Nice. I like it. Um, Yeah, a guy that I also think is due for a touchdown is going to be Mr. Zay Flowers. Uh, we've already talked about he's had the volume. He's you know been getting a lot of touches, but uh, I, I think week three, it's about uh, time for him to get in the end zone. And I think he will against the Colts. Their defense hasn't been too terribly imposing. Obviously, Stroud just went nuclear on him. So, uh, so yeah, I think there's a good chance Flowers gets in this week. And uh, if he gets anything like his usage uh, he's gotten the previous two weeks on top of that, uh, he he's going to be a top 20 or you know even top 12 fantasy wide receiver. So, um, so yeah, he's my start of the week. I like Zay Flowers there. One thing I forgot to tell us to do that we normally do is we do cover uh, the guys that we told you to start last week and whether or not it worked out for us or not. Uh, just to quickly recap the uh, positions we've covered, uh, I had Baker Mayfield versus Chicago. Uh, that actually turned out very well. Top 15 quarterback. Felt really good about that. Um, I had A.J. Dillon at Atlanta. That didn't work out as well. Uh, let's see, what was his... I don't, I don't think he was a top 24 running back. 
Am I wrong here? AJ Dillon. Um, it would it surprise me if he did because he kind of sucked. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, no, he had fifteen attempts for fifty-five yards. So yeah, no, that wasn't horrible. good. AJ Dillon's just like not good, man. I think yeah, that's you want to talk about I'm a at. plotter, and it's surprising because yeah. he's a freakish combination of speed and size. But uh, he he, I don't know. He he, he ain't got the sweet feet. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I did have a Nico Collins. Uh, that was definitely the biggest win I had last week as my a wide receiver uh, underdog start of the week. And that definitely worked out well. He was a top six receiver on the week this week. I'm going to have Mr. Josh Reynolds versus Atlanta. I talked about, um, you know, Amon Ra. I think even though Amon Ra is a little bit n- n- nicked up, you know, there'll be a lot of coverage still focused on him. Laporta as well. It seems like uh, Josh Reynolds is kind of the forgotten man. And, um, you know, maybe the only thing that might, hurt Josh Reynolds as if, you know, Terrell kind of shadows him, but I don't necessarily think that's how they're going to play it. So um, I think, uh, yeah, Josh Reynolds is in line for what should be. I say high scoring. I think it'll be high scoring from the Lions side. I don't know if the Falcons will be able to keep up with the score, but assuming we can, it should be a high scoring game and uh, should be a, a opportunity for Josh Reynolds. I was a little scared to do this because he's gotten in the end zone two weeks in a row. I don't know if I can depend on three, but even just the targets he's been getting has been dependable enough. And again, with uh, Amon Robbie and Nick Dub, um, I think this is a good week to start him. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it, it kind of all depends on how often he's going to be against AJ Terrell and he can still win some of those battles, but Terrell has been lights out through the first two weeks so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who's he, who he's covering most of the time. Um, I think this game is actually going to be a little bit more low scoring than uh, it sounds like you do. So we'll, uh, we'll see, but I'm on Roz. Um, he should be good, but, uh, Reynolds, uh, all he has to do is get, he, he one play one big play is all he needs so uh so yeah i think you're safe on that yeah um all right well if you want to um maybe cover your your starts of the week from last week sorry i know we should have uh probably done that at the, at the front end but uh yeah and then uh get into your tight end uh yeah so uh the, for quarterback and running back these didn't go as well as i would hope uh mac jones was uh, my start of the week he ended up being qb 22 so not horrible, but obviously you want better on the start of the week. So that uh, was disappointing. Tyler Algier, I was banking on him getting a touchdown. It did not happen. So he ends up being RB 38. So not start of the week territory. So that was a disappointment uh, for wide receiver. I told you to start Mr. George Pickens and that was Ooh. fantastic. He looked amazing. Ended up being wide receiver 12 on the week. Um, yeah, he, he was awesome. So uh, one of the few things that was working for the Steelers. So um yeah uh, this week i mentioned uh, zay flowers is my guy um yeah last week tight end i told you dalton kincaid versus the raiders uh and he did all right uh hold on let me see i think it was tight end 12 16 uh, tight end 12. 12 so yeah he was, he was a tight end one so it wasn't predicted to be that so i'll take that um you know nothing to dance about too much but I, I'll, I'll call it a win uh, this week, I'm honestly going to go with another uh, tight end, and we're both going to pick uh, Lions players, but I'm going with Sam Laporta. Or Obviously, it's a tight end, another rookie tight end. Um, I, I think Laporta's in for a good day against the Falcons, mainly because he, he's going to be going against where the Falcons are a little bit weaker on defense. D-line has been pretty good, and secondary has been great, uh, but the middle is a little bit soft, and that's where he can excel. He's been getting a lot of usage so far. I only expect that to go up, and he's another guy where I just think – He's got a lot of touches. Uh, the law averages kind of dictate he's he's due for a touchdown, just like Flowers. So I think this could be the week for him as well. 
Yeah, um, I, I I like that call. I think that's a good one here. Um, last week, my tight end start of the week was Jake Ferguson. Finished his tight end 11. Caught a touchdown, so got you 10 points. If he wouldn't have caught that touchdown, it would have been a bad <laughs> game because he wasn't targeted very much, but didn't didn't uh didn't complete completely bust for you. This week I'm going really deep, but I feel it. I feel it in my bones. It's uh it's Durham Smythe versus Denver. Um here's the thing. Denver has good cornerbacks. They do have good cornerbacks and and I think that, you know, they'll be able to uh, I mean, not contain fully, you know, Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but I think they'll be able to play those guys better than a lot of teams will be able to. The really only other targets that two has been throwing the ball to at all is River Craycraft and Durham Smythe. So I think that Durham Smythe will have a good opportunity to get some, you know, uh, over the field, uh, midfield targets and, um, yeah, be, be targeted more so than he will be on some games. And Denver's, you know, linebacking core, uh, isn't you know that great they don't cover over the middle of the field as well as they do um the outside so i think uh yeah this is a good matchup to start durham smythe i understand it's kind of like hard to do so like you probably have a tight end on your team that feels more comfortable than durham smythe but i'm starting smythe in a couple of uh, dynasty leagues uh this week um over um over dalton schultz uh just because i think you know they're Somewhat even, you know, but I feel like uh, Durham Smythe has the better matchup. So that's that's one example of uh, how I'm getting Smythe in my lineups there. I think you just like saying Durham Smythe. Personally, I think that's all this is about, honestly. It's a fun one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he he's, he's shown some good things so far. I hadn't really blown up yet, but uh, yeah, I mean, this should be his best matchup so far. The Chargers and especially the Patriots weren't ideal. So um, yeah, no, it could be a good call for you. All right, well, let's recap our underdog starts of the week. Uh, for me, I had CJ Stroud at Jacksonville at quarterback, Jalen Warren at Las Vegas, uh, Josh Reynolds versus Atlanta, and Durham Smythe versus Denver for my tight end. Nice. Mine was uh, Matt Stafford versus the Bengals, Kendra Miller versus the Packers, uh, Zay Flowers versus the Colts, and Sam Laporta against the Falcons. Perfect. Well... Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Uh, we covered week two. We projected a week three. Can't wait to see what crazy shakeups we have uh, this week. Um, yep, if you're 0-2, you know, keep keep fighting for that win. Even in Dynasty, don't give up yet. I mean, if you're already tanking, if you already decided that, that's fine. But then you're right where you need to be. But it's not time to panic on your roster and give up on it yet. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of teams, uh, you know, famously Nate and I, had a friend in our league that was 0-4 and, and ended up winning the, the, the championship. Um, so, you know, don't don't give up yet and, uh, you know, keep keep pushing and making the best decisions you can. Uh, Nate, you got fair, that was in, uh, in Dynasty, it's a little bit harder, but that was in redraft. So you have you have no choice but to push on. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And in Dynasty, in some ways, it's easier sometimes because at least you have some matchups that like if you are trying to compete, you can feel like you can win those matchups because yeah. some people aren't competing. But yeah, you're right. It is, you know, you don't have the waiver wire, you know, it's harder to, if you don't have the players on your roster, it's harder to, you know, to, to, to do that. But assuming that your roster, you still think looks good, even if it's Owen to, yeah. you know, uh, keep, keep pushing and 
uh, you know, don't give up on it yet. Don't make any big, big, huge trades for firsts that, you know, end up being late first. And, you know, you just traded Stefan Diggs for a first and a bullshit receiver or something. So, uh, but, uh, but anyways, uh, you got anything else to close us out with before we, uh, before we head out, Nate? I uh, know maybe some tough decisions will be made uh, in Dynasty after this week. Uh, you know, you might have some 0-3 teams, you know, recontemplating some some things. But, uh, no, nah, it's it's still – every all the possibilities are still open. Anybody can still win uh, their league. So, it's, it's exciting. There have been some good waiver wire ads. I'm just hoping next week – I'm sick of covering so many injuries. Just please – fantasy gods give us one week off just one one week off that's all oh i got it's you you said that now it's gonna be uh i don't even want to say I it, went, yeah. they just took out my right. favorite player what are they gonna do now acres yeah. has been traded what can they do Nick Chubb just left? had his knee dislocated well, <laughs> what more can they do to me yeah seriously yeah well well let's find out the only time will tell. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, well, uh, well, anyways, guys, thank you so much for rocking with us. We appreciate you. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, all of those things on Spotify and Apple Music. We really appreciate that. Uh, reach out to us on uh, at uh, Solstice418 and NateDog122 um, on uh, Sleeper. And uh, yeah, we're always happy to join some leagues or just chat some, chat some shit uh, about some fantasy players. Uh, so thank you guys as always. For Nate, this is Josiah, Fantasy Dogs, out.